What's happening, weirdos? This is Gianmarco Soresi, an incredible, incredible comedian and person who I met at Just for Laughs Montreal this year and was absolutely blown away. Here's a little taste of our conversation. I think I think my dad is... There's just a disconnection. Uh, he's not close with the family. His father left, uh, started a second family. And I think oh. his father was Italian. And I do believe that his connection to being Italian is the part of his father he could still love despite having, you know, the, such resentment towards his, his father himself. Wow. I wish we had a trophy here because that's some good... So much goodness to get to, guys. Just a couple things to plug here up top. I want to say, I, w- I want to say that I'm going to be on tour. Thanks to everybody that came to Atlanta, Charlotte, Washington, D.C. Uh, coming up is Vancouver. That's this weekend. Go to PeteHolmes.com for tickets to Vancouver. Followed by Grand Rapids, Grand Rapids, excuse me, San Diego, New Orleans, Dallas, Houston, Milwaukee, Madison, Royal Oak, Michigan. Minneapolis, Minnesota, New York, New York, and uh, Ridgefield, excuse me, Ridgefield, Connecticut. The shows have been incredible. This hour is very, very special to me. It's so fun to perform. It means so much when weirdos come out and support. So it'll be great to see you guys on the road. Like I always say, PeteHolmes.com for tickets to all of that. And if you like this show, why not try a Pete's Pick? We just got one Pete's Pick up top here. This is, uh, I'm wearing it. For those of you watching the uh, video, you guys have heard me talk about the Apollo Neuro quite a bit. In fact, I'm being visited by my friend Kurt, one of my longest and oldest friends, and he is wearing his Apollo because, of course, I gave him an Apollo because I can't stop telling people what a difference it's made in my life. It's not a watch. It kind of looks like I'm wearing a watch, but it is a piece of wearable tech that helps your body recover from stress. What does that mean? It uses almost subperceptual vibrations to speak to your nervous system directly through touch. It's like touch therapy that you wear on your wrist or your ankle that helps you relax, sleep, focus, and be more productive. It is like a wearable hug for your nervous system using touch therapy to help you feel safe and in control. The settings are energy and wake up, which is incredible before a workout. You really feel that one. It's like espresso. It gets into your system. It gets your heart beating and pumping and blood moving. It's such a wonderful uh, thing when I'm driving. If I feel a little sleepy while I'm driving, I hit the two buttons on my Apollo, run the energy and wake up. Keeps me alert. I love it. Social and open is usually what I have it on while I'm doing the podcast. It's exactly what it sounds like. Helps your shoulders relax and ease into social uh, situations with more grace. Clear and focused has been shown to combat some of the symptoms of ADD. I use that when I'm writing, when I'm studying, when I'm reading. Wonderful way to get your body into that mode. Rebuild and recover after something stressful. I'm always, in fact, I'm a little bit sick right now. So mine is currently rocking. Rebuild and recover. All the way to relax and unwind and sleep and renew. So helping you rest, helping you meditate, helping you focus, helping you wake up. It's incredible. It's like finding the fuse box to your body and you can see everything labeled and you can turn certain things on and certain things off. It has made such a chemical-free difference in my life, meaning it's not something that you, uh, a prescription drug or something that you need to take. It's something that your body can understand and it just lulls you into that state or jazzes you into a heightened state. It is not woo-woo. I always like to point this out. It was developed by a neuroscientist and a board-certified psychiatrist who've been studying the impacts of chronic stress in humans for nearly 15 years and Apollo's effects on stress 
sleep, cognitive performance, and recovery have been proven in multiple clinical trials and real-world studies, and they're doing new studies all the time. The best way to see if you like it is to give it a try, and you'll be showing your support of this podcast and showing your body just a little support we could all use. Get 10% off and show your support of the show. Go to apolloneuro.com slash weird. That's A-P-O-L-L-O-N-E-U-R-O dot com slash weird for 10% off. Something special, something helpful, something real you can do to help your body cope with stress and show your support of the show. All right, everybody, that's it. Hope to see you on the road. Go to PeteHolmes.com to come see me do stand-up. And in the meantime, enjoy this chat with the incredible Gianmarco Soresi uh, and check out his podcast. It's called The Downside and enjoy this podcast called You Made It Weird. All right, get into it. Look at this. He delaces. I love high tops, but they take too long. So do we love them? I mean, if a shoe has one strike against it, do we still love it? Like, can you have a shoe that you love that you're like, there's something I hate about the shoe, but I still love it. And and if the thing is that putting it on. You can move that a little bit if you need to. Is the problem. Oh, is this for me? You, if you're a little low energy, that's magic mind. It is one of our sponsors, but it's because I love them. And then I reached out. Give it a shake. Give it a shake. Give it a shake. Get a little matcha in it. People, People are tired of hearing me say this. Just a little caffeine, but it's good for your brain. I'll take it. You're going to love it. I'll give you some to go. Little little parting gift. You can also yeah, shoot. Mm, it's delicious. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go it. back to our hot riff. You can just chug it, man. It's it's just a chug shot. It? It's a shot. Oh, it's, it's a shot. It's like a yeah, yeah. Do it properly. Now look at the camera and say I love it. Mm. Can you say this is Jean Marco Sorsesi? This is Jean Marco Sorsesi. Sorsesi, thank you. And I just needed <laughs> help with your name. I'm not getting paid for the sponsorship, and it's still good. Yeah, yeah. They'll offer you cash to reuse that Please. clip. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I've, I've, I, have a, I have a teeth whitening commercial. It's a ten, it, I did it 10 years ago. And <laughs> Sorry, there you go. They paid me in teeth whitening products. Oh. And I, I was a young actor in New York. I signed a 10-year contract. I got paid in tooth whitener. Wait, facts? Because that's what like my mother thinks commercials are. Like you get paid in the product? Yeah. You just got paid in the product? Yes. Just six so, months. Wait, wait, wait. Let, let me rephrase that. So you didn't get paid and they gave you product? <laughs> yes. Because whenever I see like I, I had a <laughs> driver uh, the other day because I've been traveling too. Of course. And he was telling me that he was on The Price is Right because he heard me on the phone discussing show business. And I think he was like, <laughs> there was like a, mm-hmm. a slight dick measuring. Yeah. There yeah. really was. Like, I, did, I didn't, I, I had to take the call. Of course. But there were things. Of course. Things were said. And this guy did not know who Old Holmesy was because Old Holmesy, I'm like a spy plane. I'm right below that <laughs> radar. Nobody knows Old Holmesy. And then after he hears old Holmes, he'd be like, well, blah, 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 blah. He goes, he just out of nowhere goes like, I was on The Price is Right. And of course, what do you say? What do you, what, what do you say when someone says, I was on The Price is Right? I won the showcase showdown. You say, how much did you win? Yeah, what was the prize? Yeah, what yeah, was the prize? What was the prize? What, he, what it was, was it? was a hot tub that he returned. Sure. Because it was too small. And I'm like, too is small. This, is this a fat joke for you? Like, are I you see. self, is this a self fat joke? Uh-huh. SFJ? Is this an SFJ? He was a, he was a bigger fellow? He wasn't, but I guess this was a tiny ass hot tub. <laughs> I don't know. Was sure. it the Drew Carey years or the Bob Barker years? I feel like Bob Barker years, a hot tub was like something you put your feet in. Yes. And now we're like, give me something I can sleep in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I hot tubs are over. I, I I've stayed in a couple places with hot tubs. You use it once, you get too hot. Five minutes later, you go. A regular uh-huh. bath is fine. Your regular bath is fine, but you're you're tall. The only thing about a hot tub is the depth. 
Oh God! But you're tall. Oh no! I'm saying, but I'm saying yeah. we understand the knees oh, go yeah. out. Look at you, and then you turn off look the at water. The string bean. It is string thank bean. You. I, you're think, I think than that's me. a compliment because I'm tall, soft. You're tall, skinny. So when I call you string bean, compliment. Because I go, look at that lowercase L. When was your growth spurt? What age? I think it's still happening. Really? I'm an uppercase B is what I'm saying. Sure. <laughs> You're a lowercase L. And I've always envied the lowercase Ls. Mm. The llama people. When I lose weight, people go like, did you get taller? That's what people say. Yeah. They, they, they think it's taller. I'm like, an optical illusion. I have a manager who lost 30 pounds like 10 years ago, and people still remember him heavy. Sure. So every meeting I've had with him starts with a five-minute discussion of how great Dave looks, and I'm like, he's looked like this for ten years. Sure, but you remember, you hit save on Heavy Dave. <laughs> yes. Yo, have you been working out? I, I heard on this? some podcast that you were this? working out. What is this? You have a compliment. What is this? A nice thing. What is this? You going to the I'm gym? I'm glad you accepted my lowercase L thing because I really okay, I didn't mean it. Um, I have started because I'm 43, mm-hmm. and my friend James was like, if you don't go into your 50s with muscle, you'll just never have it. Sure. So it was like the clearance sale on muscles. Muscles. You know, like because there was a clock on it. Yes. I was like, oh, there's a clock on it. What's, now I'm interested. What's something you want to be able to do with your body? Was there a moment of like you couldn't open something and you said, fuck, dude. Love this question. This is, by the way, what's the name of your podcast? The Downside. If you want to hear a great interviewer like this. Go to the, we bleep it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Until I start sponsoring them. It's going to be Magic bleeped. Mind? Yeah. I'll put you in touch. Uh, I mean, tell me how you feel in 10 minutes. <laughs> what if you you die in 10 minutes? Magic Mind. It'll kill mm. Jean-Marco. You would cut it out. You'd make it work. You'd oh, yeah. It would just get Jeff Goldblum in here. Please. <gasps> I've yet to meet him. I've yet. Yes. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, he's so... Mm. I, what I he's love about, velvet. He's a velvet person. What I love about is that he's he's Jewish like me. Yeah, I didn't, and that's not what I was saying. Because Jeff Gold is kind of his own thing. But keep going. It's kind of his own thing. But but uh, meaning he's so, not a classic anything. But I think that's it's what he did with it. Like if you if you like Tell Woody me. Allen, you know he, he stutters. Yeah. And it's not it's not hot. No. I wouldn't describe it as sexy. But no. but but but, but Jeff dehydrates. Jeff took the stutter uh, and uh, yeah, and yes. and he made it sexy. He took the Jewish stutter, added a little more glides between it and and uh I uh I I I don't know, but <laughs> yes, and it's him stuttering. It's him stuttering, but he does it with a glide. And it's a made looped it up Allen. Yes. It's a smooth Allen. Yes. I promise Woody the similar. Allen, uh, uh, if I could maybe just if, get in if, line. If I could. Uh, if I could. Uh, <laughs> that's what it is. That's Jeff. Okay, here's He's amazing. Woody Allen. I don't... Uh, croissants, they get stuck in my throat and uh, I the, need uh, some... Uh, the uh, cr- croissants, mm, they get a little stuck in my th- throat. Uh, <laughs> and then they say, we'll have whatever you want, Mr. Goldblum. We'll yes. go get you anything. We'll get you a moisture bread. We will get you a moister bread. Yes. There's something immediate about Goldblum because when you're going, uh, 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 and, but he's with you, he's always looking mm-hmm. at you, and he's going, uh, 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 you get the sense of a high wire act. Like, is he going to get it? Yes. There's like a, I could be wrong. I'm just saying there's like a. And even imbalance. if he doesn't, he's going to be happy with the results. Oh, yeah. Well, sometimes he, you fall up the stairs, uh, and here we are. And you yes, get yes. in the elevator, and it's already open. <laughs> what? What, what, what did he just say? Nothing was said. Sometimes people like that, I do. I want to see him when he's angry. I just, whenever, angry someone's, bloom. whenever someone's outwardly like so pleasant and so intense, I'm like, 
there's something in there. When, and then you talk to the assistant or something. And you're yes. like, you work with Jeff Goldblum? And they're like, yeah. <laughs> Trust me, the glide goes away when he's yelling at you. Yeah, in the car. He goes, mm, come over here. Uh, Where the fuck is my yes. chai latte? I said. <laughs> <laughs> I'm interested in the gold bloomissance because we're in one. Incredibly, yes. Yeah. But when does it end? It's interesting that these things end. Brendan Frage. Sure. Back in the back in the limelight. Mm-hmm. There he is. Mm-hmm. Shimmering, shining. He's doing great. We loved him in uh The Mummy. Uh, and yes. then oh, 30 year break. Mm. Weird. I'd I'd see Jeff as the whale. The whale of... If Jeff Goldblum in The Whale, if they switched roles, I could see that. Oh. That's the movie that he came back with. Fat suit. That everyone, everyone's, everyone's... It's this weird thing. They're excited for Brendan. They, they don't like the movie and... We don't have, like the movie. People have really done a bifurcate. I mean, you know, when I say we, I mean the, the general Twitter... Are uh, we mad at the movie? The, 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 the movie... Because when I saw a preview about a hefty individual being played by a non-hefty, I was sure. like, people are going to be mad. Yeah, and I think I'm it's reasonable. I think it's reasonable. Squeezable, to be, too. To be Very soft. <laughs> but Gilbert Grape, we we like our real bigs. Yes. Get a real big in yes. there. I'm, I'm not How trying to be How many opportunities are there yes. for this person? She can't yes. can put on a skinny suit and do something else. You got to let her do it. Can you please do that on stage tonight? <laughs> sure. The very heavy can't put on a skinny suit. It's not fair. There's no skinny suit. It, oh, I'm sorry. I'm a suit now. That's what the heavies are saying. Yeah. And this whole time, I'm like, can I say heavies? It's... Is, is that the new... Is that... I'm trying. I like soft. Is heavies... Is heavies... Well, technically, it's it's typically But is that like a term we're used to, that people use? I'm trying it. Sure. sure. Because you certainly can't say... If, you, if, if you're if you the one to invent the new heavy? term for, for heavy I people. think I'd have to be quite heavier. Sure. To be like, we prefer heavier. Yes. Because... Getting back to your initial point, when old Petey gets in more shape, I have jokes about being soft, and they don't work quite as well. If like when I was, I know what you mean. Coming out of quarantine uh, shape, people were like, "One of us," uh-huh. and now I'm like, "I'm soft," and they're like, "Eat shit." Maybe in yeah, LA, yeah. I'm LA. I'm I'm TV fat. I've they're said getting that many a milkshake. Times. You're getting one of these shits, and they're yeah, like, exactly. "Okay, okay, yeah, yeah." You're no longer a man of the people. No, no, no. I. Uh, no, no, no. I always felt that when I like when I started stand up, I, I thought I was a chubby kid, or I always thought I had moobs. Like early stand up was moobs, like all about my moobs. moobs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a waiter at Bennigan's tell me he was a gay waiter, uh, not important, but sorry, you'll see where it's going. He said he wanted to titty fuck <laughs> me, and that night I went home and did uh, push ups, the kind with your legs on the ground. That'll get you doing some push-ups. Sure. I, I had, when I, I did shirts versus skins. <laughs> your, your response was sure to my because, very vulnerable I, story. I know, I know exactly. I, I had yeah. a, When I was moobs, doing moobs shirts, are, yes. shirts versus skins Tell me. In, in middle school, and this kid came up to me, he went, booby, 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 booby. Give me this kid's name. I, he's, I want him dead. He's in a rich, he's in a rich family. He'll okay. kill us both first. Yeah. Well, yeah. I can't be going through lasers to kill somebody. Sure. I can't be moving all sorts of crystalline boxes just to get mm-hmm. into somebody's house. <laughs> People do that with the, with the Bitcoin. They're like, I'm going to hire someone to kill someone. That's a, What do you mean? Bitcoins? Do, oh, you I go just, on the dark I just, web. I just, can't, I just imagine the person's like, oh, this is a thing you can buy. What I like the intersection there is a murderer who also understands cryptocurrency. Who's like, I'm on the cutting edge of uh, yeah. crypto. Well, when you hear about the people who get caught, you're like, who's not getting caught? Who didn't How get How many murders? The berry of Bitcoin. We don't know. Yeah. We don't know. This is the, uh, this is the open marriage thing. We don't know the successful ones because they don't talk about sure. it. Sure. That's a good... Is that, has that been on your mind of late? Open, I'd love to open, open up my marriage right now, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> is After that you told the waiter story, I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I'd like to titty fuck you too. 
<laughs> we don't know each other that well, and I'm really glad you breast-standed that bet. Sure. <laughs> yes. You, you're in. real. You're the real. Uh huh. I said that when I saw you in Montreal. I've been really looking forward to this. Oh, oh I thought you said the titty fuck thing. No, no. When I saw you in Montreal. When I saw you in Montreal. Oh, ooh, yeah. I made you a Bennigan's mm-hmm. waiter in the retelling, but it was you who said, I want to titty fuck you. And I was like, what a weird thing to say <laughs> to uh, the guy hosting your show. I tell people, so so you hosted the, the New Faces Showcase. And you went on, let me tell the story. Let me, well, well uh, don't, let's not not let me tell the part where you go on, because I, I, have, I have nothing but. Oh, why? That's right. AWE, baby. But so, so you, 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 you hosted both shows. There were two. I was on the yeah, second. Yeah. And yeah. you, you know, you were very much the cheerleader. You make everyone feel good. You, you give everyone the, the, a real good pep talk. You gave a strong pep talk. Your group was more open to pep talk. Other years, I didn't get a pep vibe, but the, your group seemed more like, hey, uh, any, any words or, yeah. or at least a frequency. Tell me, tell me what you're about to say. And you, you like kind of after the first group kind of wind it down. You, we were mostly the second group, and you said, guys, just so you know. Second shows, uh, it's usually usually better. People yeah. are loose. It's later. They're a little yeah. drunk. Yeah. And then you went out and hosted the second show, and you came back and you went. They are tired. <laughs> they they are tired. I think it was They're a worse. lot of people from the first show that came back and were like, oh my God. Yeah, yeah. But it was good. So think about that the second, because there was a mood of like, they're tired. Uh, not you, because of you, because they were. They were. That I think I reached a point. I, I broke the anxiety. I went past the anxiety into, fuck it. Well, Jean, the guy that thinks he's the only one that's ever thought to call <laughs> you just Jean. Uh, Jean Marco. Thank um, you. You, okay, so... I, I hosted more than two. I hosted two that night, mm. but I hosted a whole bunch of new faces showcases. And and I say this with respect to Montreal, but it is a road gig that matters. Yes. It's a road gig with stakes. Yes. Which is forgive. It's part of it. I, I'm clearing my throat to be like, don't ostracize. But I'm just saying that's a nightmare. It's a nightmare to do a gig that isn't ideal. You know what else? Corden. You did great on Corden. That's I'm watching kind. it going. Fuck this audience! What is this audience? That was that was a you little, did great. I you did great, it. and and just like every agent and manager told you, I'm sure they were like that was phenomenal. You played it perfectly. It looks like a great set. Comic to comic, I'm watching, and it's the same, very similar to the set you did in Montreal. You know, some of the same bits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm just going like, what is this? And then you danced, and they clapped for that. I was like, this is a juiced up TV audience. I'm not saying they're dumb. Yeah, I'm saying it's the wrong setting, wrong flavor. Mm-hmm. Here comes, in my opinion, one of the funniest comedians in the world, and I'm like That's watching. Yeah, for facts. But in Montreal, similar similar compliment coming to you. I, it was the end of the show, so it's like it's been 90 minutes plus of just. Channel, channel changing people. Mm-hmm. Seven minutes, seven minutes, seven minutes, seven minutes. And there's a lot of stank. Uh, and I say this with love. Same, my new faces, show, like when I did new faces, there's stank because it matters. Yeah. It's not. It's not just having Bud Lights in Chicago and going up at an open mic. It's this showcase that you're like, this could change my life. So that contributes to the strange air for yes. the audience and the performers. So by the time you were going up, I was like, I remember vividly having the thought, I wouldn't want to be this guy. <laughs> like, I was like, I, I, this is a nightmare. Like, this show is done. I could go out right now and do my, my biggest jokes, my, my closer, yeah, yeah, whatever yeah. you want to say. Wouldn't work. And you went out, and you were 
you just okay. I don't know how to say it other than saying like you were exactly yourself, authentic. You weren't pandering. Thank There's you. a way that's... to do it where you're like, come on, and, and yeah, you yeah, whip yeah. them into a friend. That's not what you did. You just did an excellent version of what you do with maybe slightly higher energy, maybe slightly higher sure. energy to go. But your attitude was if you sit this out, and I love this attitude, you're dumb. Because life is hard, and I'm very good at what I do. <laughs> That's very kind. Yeah, I oh, I was I was a theater kid, so like so when I get on those stages, sometimes I'm like, oh, I can finally be the size I want to be. You were the size, finally, because there's a, there's a lot of rooms where sometimes I feel the audience is like, whoa, you're gonna hit us with your your gestures. No, that night we all saw theater act Sorcesi. I still can't try. I'm not even trying to say your last name. Theater act Sorcesi. 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 It yes. is it's a lot easier than I than I've been making it. I've never liked it. But that, that your last name? Sorcesi. Sorcesi? No. It's, it's you're not Sorcesi about Sorcesi. I had a, a manager in the beginning they said change it to something more Jewish. Cuz you're going to they're going to go gonna, the anti Stewart? They they said, essentially they said they're, the they're, they're anti Michael gonna, Ian They're going to get a meeting and, and they're going to think Gianmarco's going to walk in and then uh, Gianmarco <laughs> is going to walk in and they're going to go, "Oh my god, what did we what did we do?" Meanwhile, they got zero meetings in the entire time. But I didn't change it. I like I like Jam, I like the Gianmarco. They wanted like Josh Gold something. Yeah, but we have a Josh. We have Josh. We have a lot of Plenty Joshes. Of Josh. It's a lie though. My name is a lie. Why? It's, it's so Italian. Why a lie. People yeah, think you... mm, I, Okay, look. Yes, you feel Jewish to me. Of course. You know, but there, not are, knows there are Jews. What's that? You know Jews. In the middle of the country, that's it's a surprise yes. to them. That's well, they I, need a they need a clue right out the gate. Funny. They need a <laughs> right out the gate. Or they don't know. They don't know Jews. I'm amazed places that don't know. You go on the road as a Jew. And, and people are they, 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 you have to explain everything from the beginning. <laughs> Moses, Moisha to us. <laughs> and then you go into it. That is hilarious. Yeah. Okay, I get it. What I was, I, I was going to kind of say, like, I know a lot of Jewish people my whole life. I've known a lot. I, I, sure. I went to school in Cambridge, Massachusetts, a lot of big Jewish community. Mm-hmm. A lot of all the, all the kids in my class, most of them were, I don't want to say most, but like half of them were Jewish at least. And then, there are some Jewish people that just read Italian. Like, it's very blurred. Yes. And you could play Italian. I think, listen, they've sent me out for, for every Mediterranean, European. Yeah. But I think so. But then, I'm, then if I'm with a group of real Italians, you go, oh, okay. Yeah. Then, I could have been on White Lotus. I could have been, you know, Italianish. Yeah, Italianish. But but the new Kenya Bear is Italianish. But but it's 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 I think the thing that people think is Italian is more just like anxiety or just like ADD, like it's the gesticulation. Well, it moves. Anxiety in a, an Italian person and anxiety in a, in a Jewish person seems to express itself just slightly differently. Yes. In the body. Yes. And 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 the I, I'm not the authority here. You take this riff. Well, I... I <laughs> that's the setup. I'm going to sit this play out. I just think that's why I was able to think... My dad, like, raised me to believe I was 100% Italian. Because he, he, he's just... He's a liar. <laughs> He's just a liar, and and to the point where uh, that's like my dad with Irish, by the way. Really, we're from Boston, so it was just like so cool to be Irish. He did his uh, twenty three and me or whatever, and it's like, mm. yeah, there's a 
There's a garnish of cilantro on uh-huh. this, but it's not That's exactly what it and is. And they, but he loves being like, but my grandmother's name was Sullivan, and I'm like, yeah, but there's also all this other stuff in there, and that's you in Italian. I I would never even do the 23andMe because I get scared as to how little it might actually be. Right. But but my my my, my dad, I, I when I was a kid, I watched I at some point watched The Godfather so much, I started signing my name. First, my middle name is Vincent. My dad at some point said, no, it's Vincenzo. And my mom had to go, no, it's not. It's not Vincenzo. Tell your dad they're divorced. Tell your dad to stop lying to you. Vincenzo? Vincenzo. My you dad was like, Vincen- it's Vincenzo. You got Vincenzoed? Your dad was like Italian pranking you. <laughs> yeah, but he's pranking himself. He's within his own prank. Like he wants to believe it. He doesn't just want you to believe oh, it. Oh, he wants to believe it. Where I went to Italy after college, because he said we had family in Sicily. And I was young. I was stupid. I got all the way to Sicily. And I finally call my dad. I say, okay. Time to meet the family. And he's like, I, I can't find, I don't know where they are. He cat all the way, all the way to Sicily. It was like being catfished by my father in a way, but about my lineage. Oh, no. So this is, this is like uh, White Lotus season two. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I should have just been there being like trying to connect to my roots. But you like, would have rather remember they find the ladies and they like kick them out. They're like very inhospitable to yes. them. You would have preferred that. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they could have gone in with a little more, I would have enjoyed that. You you would have like you- someone reached out to me on Instagram uh, over COVID and they're like we are they were in Sicily and we're second fourth cousins removed so it's something is there there's okay. some kernel of truth okay there's a Sorezi street there was a Sorezi pasta something oh. but it's far yeah my great grandpa's why- name was Luigi though which I do think is fun. right. That was the first joke that I was like, "Where is this crowd?" I tell my family we're from a Nintendo, and I'm like, "It's an applause break." I don't know what's happening. Oh, that's right. But that's just, that's old Holmesy. If you had had 300 Holmesies in that crowd. Sure. <laughs> that would have been a shocking, if I came out and there were 300 Holmesies. <laughs> just clones. <laughs> Terrifying. Um, okay, let me, you mentioned The Godfather, because my father is also, a, a, we don't have, I don't know if we have any Italian, maybe a, a, a smidge. Sure. Maybe just a little Parmesan. You got the slick back a little bit. Just a little bit. Mm-hmm. I don't know where this hair comes from, but uh, very little. But my dad is obsessed. Like, I feel like every dad... It, with like the Godfather, it's something about manhood. There's slide something. on Italian leather shoes. Uh, yeah, pasta, violence. Like, by the way, these are stereotypes, but these are the things that my father seems to like. This, the, like when Joe Pesci, I saw Goodfellas when I was way too young to see Goodfellas. It was one of those horrible memories. Yeah, you know, my dad's watching it. Yeah, he's probably tying one on. What was the scene that fucked you up? Like the where there's the, the body in the trunk, and then they and then he just goes back and casually stabs him. Mm-hmm. I know that's like not a big deal if you've seen a thousand, a hundred thousand murders. Yes, but if it's your first one and it's Joe, something about a little Joe Pesci kind of waddling <laughs> up and stabbing somebody. You're like, he looks like he looks like a cartoon character. Yeah. Uh, Nothing safe if Joe Pesci is and not he's safe. not the same. He's not. That's exactly my the point. The world's dangerous. He looks like. He, I also fucking know him from motherfucking Home of Goddamn Alone. Sure. And then comes fucking Home Alone in a shark skin suit and stabs stabs a tied up and bound person. Your dad should have told you it was like Home Alone too, where they actually catch him. They actually do. That's get him what this they time. wanted to do. To they Kevin. Stab, yeah, that's what they wanted. That's what. 
If you think about it, that's course, what they wanted to do to Kevin. Yeah. They wanted to murder Kevin. I mean, he murdered them 10 times over if we really follow the physics of some of these pranks. Oh, Kevin murdered them. For, I mean, if some I want to. I don't, but a stand up bit. I want to see that movie where Kevin <laughs> hits him in the head with a pipe and then he's dead. And, and then Kevin, his little kid has a dead body to dispose of. Worse, he's kneeling by a dying body. Going like this prank, I'm I, I'm sorry. I thought the skittles on the stairs was funny, and he's just like swallowing his tongue. And then the old man with the shovel calls the cops on him and goes like, "I saw it all." <laughs> on the witness stands, the lady covered in birds. I'm blending, and they try they, they try him as an adult because you know he's so skilled. He's I really mean, a smart boy. Yes, yes. He had that slow motion machine that made him sound like an adult. Let's try him as an mm-hmm. adult. The talk boy. Why did I act like I couldn't remember the name talk boy? Yes, I. Is that a could. movie? Talkboy is the name of the Walkman that he uses to speed up oh, and slow sure. down. It's prominent. Speaking of Magic Mind product placement, Talkboy is the Magic Mind of Home Alone <laughs> too. Credit card, you got it. Uh huh. That you know that part? I. I you don't I have to pretend. Sort of. It's how he orders the food echo. and stuff. Huh? Okay. Yes, I do remember it. Yes, I yeah, do. Because he has his dad's credit card, but he mm. sounds. Like a, you know, like a middle-aged woman. All, all little boys sound like middle-aged women. Mm-hmm. If I'm to be believed. I haven't, I haven't spoken to, in New York, you don't run to many middle-aged... Little, middle-aged women? Boys. <laughs> sure, or middle-aged women in this industry. Forgive the riff. I'm talking about when I was 11. I, I would always call like Sears to see if they had things that were like in the Sears catalog. Uh-huh. And they'd always call me ma'am. Now, did it really fuck you up when you were at that age? Like, did it bother you? It did. I'd go, thanks, ma'am. And I'd hang up the phone, like, really, like... Even if it was a man, you'd say, thanks, ma'am. Yeah, Now, you feel the shame. You know what's funny is if it was a woman, they just thought I was angry at something else. Maybe I got stung by a bee. I hope it was a man because that was my point. I was like, well, clearly you're a man, but I'm calling you ma'am because you called me a ma'am, and I'm a man, ma'am. I had long hair, so the the one time I was misgendered, I was doing trick-or-treating with some girls that I probably had like a crush on, yep. and I was a hippie. Mm-hmm. And I went to a door, and, and a woman said, oh, what are you supposed to be, a little boy? <gasps> and I was like, oh my God, they thought I was pretending. I was. This was a costume. And, and it was, hum- <laughs> it, I mean, the idea to know that, that you, not only, you look like you're pretending, like what is that? What does that even mean? What are you supposed to be? <laughs> what are, what are you a little boy? <laughs> we, I, I'm certainly not an expert in it, but isn't that the whole thing? Like, what are you supposed to be? Like, culture will tell me. I was me. wearing a tie-dye and, yeah. shirt, too. I couldn't have been wearing more hippie clues. You think I'm pretending to be a boy and I happen to be very oh, into peace and love at eight? I'm sorry. I thought you were saying in real life you were hippie. Your costume was My costume hippie. was a big rainbow, like a, like a, a fake peace sign necklace. And they go, what are you, a So they're boy? basing it on your face. Oh, yeah. And my, I had like big poofy... Uh, hippie bold, hair. Yeah, hippie hair. But you were a hippie. I was a hippie. But the a face male hippie. also could read Italian, Jewish, boy, girl. Sure. You'll do it all, baby. But at that age, that was that was the age where it still stung. Of course. Well, okay, so Joe Pesci, who wanted to murder Kevin, yes, Kevin McAllister. For sure. Like, they're going again and again and again, hoping to get that child alone. <laughs> Such a nightmare. The, the, the more you articulate, the darker it yeah, sounds. It just yeah. got worse. Yeah. I've always thought that movie, there was something like a little. Because, yeah. Yeah. Take it to. They're, they're trying to kill him. Uh, and he's trying to kill them. It's just it's just a lot. Uh, but 
we're talking about Italian culture, Goodfellas, uh, Joe Pesci stabbing. Mm-hmm. Two questions for you. Tell me about your father's obsession with Italian culture. That's sort of where we're at. And as a bonus, if you can tell me the first movie you saw that you were like, I shouldn't have seen this. Oh, I can definitely. I, yeah. uh, uh, I, think, I think my dad is, there's just a disconnection. Uh, he's not close with the family. His father left, uh, started a second family. And I think oh. his father was Italian, and I do believe that his connection to being Italian is the part of his father he could still love despite having, you know, the, the such resentment towards his his father himself. Wow. I wish we had a trophy here, because that's some good I've had analysis. a lot of time to think about my father and his, his choices. Wait a minute. I wonder if my father's father was into that sort of thing. Because sometimes that... that's the part that you, you can... Is, That's, it's it's the I, river you both swam in, you connect from. Can I just say everything comes down to, like, at its deepest level, mommy or mm-hmm. daddy. Like, it's just something crying out for something we didn't get from the giants that raised us. And just just the... My dad and I, we, we, we have a tough relationship, but, like, he's had medical stuff. And it's, like, in that moment before the surgery, it's just, like, it's primal. There's a... There's a, there's a I, my father. Yeah. And it's impossible yeah, to. Yeah, it, it's it's imprinted. It's just a different. That's why thing. It, it's a young man's game to be like, "Fuck my dad. I'm fucking done with him." I'm yeah. like, I know, I get it. Enjoy that. Enjoy that time. But I enjoy some... it comedically. I I make a lot of jokes about my dad dying and me not really <laughs> giving a shit. Really? Because I think that's because he only speaks Italian. Because, yeah, because he <laughs> lied. He lied to me. He left me in Sicily. <laughs> So I'm like, for the rest of my life, I'll talk shit about you on stage. No, I, I think it's just because it just gets to speak to. I talk about someone I love. You only talk about you only talk about things that you for you, know, you care about yes. in some capacity for fact. And that's the only way I can talk about him and not feel ill is by talking about him dying. That's well, what 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 is one of the setups? You don't have to do the whole bit. I uh, you know like uh, uh, he called he's heart heart surgery. He called to go over his will and testament. Made me emotional. First time I realized I might not need a second job, like the like That's those yeah. and just just yeah all sorts of that kind of stuff. Yeah, but that's not really that's not really brutal. That's just is there anything that like really gets to the point of like and that'll be fine? There's that that uh, is that is underneath that is like I have a joke similar. Like my mom calls me on a Monday and that I talk to my mom on Sunday. So when she breaks regs, yes. I get scared who died or worse. She's just calling to chat. Like that's my version <laughs> of that, which is, which is a similar callousness sort yeah. of thing or about the darkness of having older parents. Mm-hmm. But it, does it ever get more pointed? Yes. I think, uh, forgive, forgive the setup, but it is factual about my family. My dad and I, we used to be close. Then he had my little sister, 10 years younger or so. He grew closer to her, which is why I'm closer with my mom, because we both know what it's like to lose my dad's love to a younger woman. That's great. And that's, that's to me, when when he he doesn't that, see me perform that, very often. I could bite that joke and there would be a little give to it because it is pure gold. Like there's no other metals in it to harden it. And it's and that one's true. That one's, to me, it's like, that's where I'm like, oh no, that one's true. It really yeah. is true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But uh, that's I know that's insightful because my dad doesn't like watch my comedy much. Yeah. But that's the one that the next day he called to say I love you just as much as your little sister, which is which to me is like I touched on something, I said something that yeah. that's more than the death joke because that's a little more flippant. It's a joke. Yeah. This one is like he had to call after it. 
I'm I'm impressed that he called though. My can I tell you uh, the the Lithuanian uh, Irish something uh-huh. equivalent? God, I hate this story. Real quick. I did this show in Boston. I told my parents not to come. I just can't perform with them in the room. It's the worst. The worst. I can't do my my job. My job is to literally be a person who has been liberated from those those Macy's Day Parade floats that are my my parents in my psyche. I can't be who I need to be. I'm about to go on stage. I've told the story before, so I'll be real quick. Literally about to go on stage. Opener's wrapping up. Somebody with a headpiece goes, your dad's here? And I'm like, and I'm like, not only did he come, but he came and didn't get a ticket. Oh, I know it. I just went in and said, I'm Pete's dad. And so they had to call back and I go, let him in. But I'm freaking out. Then I go on stage. I toned down because I was too scared, just a little bit. Sure. I toned down some of the jokes about my dad. But one of them, I was like, I can't. It's this great story about how my dad doesn't know how to use his phone. And there's a part in the joke where I go, give me the fucking phone, dad. Because I see him mashing the phone. And I go, give me the fucking phone. And I go, I didn't say that. I'm terrified of my dad. I went, give me the phone, papa. Might I help you? You, you know, like uh-huh. that. And that was the only thing he said about the show was he goes, are you scared of me, Peter? And I, this is the next day, by the way. And I go, no, dad, it's just a joke. And he goes, are you scared of God, Peter? And I'm like, let's just use the transitive property, dad. I'm your God, right, Peter? It's like, I frighten you like God frightens you. Like, yeah. like there was this weird... Does I he think, know it or is him, it's separate entities? To, that's ex- what you just asked is what I want to talk about. You know, what I'm saying is the hyper-awareness of going like, you just asked, are you scared of me? I answered, there was a pause mm-hmm. and my dad's just thinking and then he goes, are you scared of God? And I'm like, Everyone knows you're going like, oh, he probably is scared of me. It's probably good to be scared of me. The Bible says you're supposed to be scared of sure. God. Like you're scared of God. I must be like God to Peter. I wonder if Peter's scared of God. Are you scared of God, Peter? And I'm like, everyone sees what you're doing. But maybe, I mean, I don't have religious parents, and I feel like maybe it's it's frustrating because you talk to you want to talk to them, and you have to deal with, Oh their metaphors God. that they might not even be fully cognizant of, but you are cursed with the the knowing that they're not talking about God. They're talking about yeah. you and him. Right. And my I wouldn't call my father religious, uh, even though I think he would be aware that there's a, a, a it's a, it's in your half. It's the fear God part is in the is in the prequel. <laughs> One of the I think my you called di- it your half and you didn't even bat an eye. <laughs> it's I, I agree. I agree. For me, I'm like, yeah, that's exactly how I think about it. My, we, my daddy had this. He had this heart surgery last year. Did you say daddy? No. Oh my god. You said dad. He. Yeah, dad. He. Because for a second, I think you you were you were searching for that. No. Are you scared of daddy? Are you scared of Gaudi? A Gaudi. <laughs> Gaudi. G O T T I. Love Italian culture. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. Like we didn't have religion. We he, but my dad he he would always tell me if I was like scared of dying he'd, he'd always be like. I know there's some part of me that's that will survive death when I was a little kid. And then there's that moment. What? When you were a little kid? I had I was a very Fear not. Kid. I will survive death. Yeah, it was about me too. I mean, it was about my own death. Okay, more he than, was trying to comfort you. Yes. Okay. Oh, for sure. Okay. Yeah, he was not like alcohol. Just out of nowhere? Yes. Because that, that is like my dad. We could just be eating a meal and go, there'll be a part of me that survives death. <laughs> that's nice. But that's, that's, yeah. I don't know, man. But when my dad, 
I think it happens like when he was going over the heart surgery, I realized like, oh, I'm supposed to tell him that now. Interesting. I am now the one who's supposed to pretend to know something. To comfort. Yes, but to comfort in a very specific way. To be to be the parent. Yeah. The parent lies. The parent hides their own uh, being unsure of things to comfort you to comfort yeah yeah more, it increases their certainty to give comfort yes and now you're supposed to do that but you didn't as he was being no no about. i did of you course did. of oh. course i don't think i directly said like i know there's some part of us that but like you know i just know if i'm when i'm on my deathbed or before surgery and someone's trying to comfort me with like uh, anything religious i'm gonna be like you're just saying this you're just saying this because i'm like. in this position and i know that and so i can't even get the good part of it someone drug me up so i can i can just be chill for a second be a normal just go mm-hmm that's nice way, my father what mobster movie is it where someone is he's like bombed and he's burnt up real bad and a priest comes up to him and goes you can repent you can repent my dad used to love this movie i don't know what it is because the guy the mobster leans up to the priest and goes fuck you and dies and my love dad it. loves that really I like all, yeah because i'm telling you like i can't speak to my father's uh, re- spiritual reality. I'm just saying, like, I remember him, I think, kind of feeling maybe just that. It, I mean, look, I'm spiritual. I can concede that that is an incredibly badass <laughs> thing to do. So I, I'm not saying my dad likes it, so therefore he's a nihilist or, or a materialist. Sure. I'm saying I'm spiritual and I can recognize that, that there's a part of me that gets a charge from that. Imagine. It's like um, there was that story about the guy who climbed a mountain and he got uh, he fell in a crevasse and he almost died, but he doesn't. And there's this, it's a documentary, I'm forgetting what it's called, but there's a part in his trek. He literally treks just eating snow, which I learned from that movie. You can't eat enough snow to stay hydrated. It's impossible, but he's just trying. I didn't know. You have to boil it. You have to boil it down. I see. It's just too little water. That's I fascinating. I didn't know, because you and I would just be trying. I would have been trying it for sure. He kept trying, because it kept him a little a little moist. Yeah, yeah. He's almost dying. He's losing his mind. Two two things come to mind. One was when he, he got a, a song stuck in his head. After a certain point, there's like a mental break. And he said it was like someone's playing it out of a stereo at full volume. Like he couldn't stop hearing the song. Yeah. And the second thing, and he really made a point of this, and this is when I was religious. I'm not religious anymore. Sure. But he was like, and I didn't call out to God, and that's how I know I'm actually an atheist. And he was really mm. proud of that. And I was like, look, at that point, I even I, I believed in a, a more classic idea of God. And even I was like, respect. You know what I mean? Yeah. Isn't that what you're saying? Like, you don't want to just be a fair weather fan of God and oh. be like, I'm going to die and now I love you, Jeebus. I'd be fine to be a fair weather fan if I believed it, but I can't, I just, I think some people have something in their brain where they can't fully believe it without doubt. Sure. And so, so I would love to be a fair, you could, that, that I, I dream, I, I did shrooms finally for the first time in my life. And part of me is like, I want to know what drugs I want to take as I have to deal with, Death? The death. And you think that's one of them? Oh, I have, this is the first I've done outside a pot. So I'm like, you know, I'm still exploring. Yeah. I, I want to do the ayahuasca, all these things. Okay. I sometimes get scared because I think the reason I didn't want to do them is because I'm like, well, when I do ayahuasca, then I'll be religious. Not re- I'll, be, I'll, I'll feel something. And if I do it and I don't, then there's, there's, there's no longer a mystery for me. I want there to be the, the, the mystery of, oh, when I do ayahuasca, there's something I haven't seen yet. So yeah, I get for- scared to do it because if I don't have that... 
mystical experience, then maybe there is none. Okay, that's interesting. I, I think I'm understanding what you're saying, but I, one yes. thing I would offer to that is even if you have a mystical experience, when you come back, you can't talk about it. So you still have to grapple with mystery. Like even yes. if you take ayahuasca, leave your body. I, just, I had a friend just this past week did ayahuasca and um, I don't think they would mind, but it, it, the ayahuasca said that it was cleaning their DNA, right? Mm. And I was like, what are you doing? It's like, I'm cleaning your DNA. And, you're, and it used a term that, that they didn't know. And they were like, we're doing this. It wasn't this. I just, for some reason, I don't want to use their story exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's say it was mitochondria. It wasn't. Sure. But they said, we're cleaning your mitochondria. And she didn't know that word. And then afterwards, she looked it up and she's like, oh, it's this part of DNA. And, and it was like, what the fuck? Like, so the medicine. Yeah. So yeah, she yeah. had an ineffable, like, I would say, like, miracle experience. I understand we could say, is it possible that she read that term and forgot it? But it was like a really, <laughs> really weird yes. term. So, yes, she could have read it and forgotten it. But it doesn't matter with the with the things that I've done. You come back and you're still like, I'll show you after where I did a drawing of an experience I had. You're still just painting on cave walls. You know yeah. what I mean? Meaning, did I hear you correctly? Is that one of your concerns that you'll have the mystery? No. So, <laughs> <laughs> like, you'll come back and be like, oh, I don't get the feeling of no, not knowing. No, I'm concerned. Knowing. I won't have the mystery. That that oh. I'll go like like, oh, I go okay. You know what? I do think there's something, and I'll be reassured of that. Once I do ayahuasca, I do ayahuasca, I don't get anything. I just am high. Zero chance. And then I come, zero? Zero. In fact, okay. I'd put 10 grand on the table. In fact, if you did come back and say I didn't have a spiritual or mystical experience or an ineffable experience or a transrational experience, yes, all I would I mean. say was, Jean-Marco, your ego couldn't handle what you experienced and mm. to reframe it said i didn't have an experience so terence mckenna will talk about so ayahuasca is, is long is like slow release dmt there uh -huh. are people that smoke dmt and they go it didn't work and what's happening is there's so much resistance that everything in your worldview says what just happened didn't happen that your brain will actually like self-delete the experience and go like it didn't work but then he says well let's try again and they go no 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 but why wouldn't you want to try again if it didn't work? Because it did work, but sure. you deleted it in the same way that we delete a lot of like traumatic or let's forget about traumatic. Like a lot of times you wake up, you you hit delete on your dreams because it was just too much of a clusterfuck. It was yeah. like being inside of a, a lava lamp and a sandstorm, and, and, but it was traumatic and it was strange and it was weird and it was amazing. You just delete it. It, uh -huh. it. it doesn't fit in. But children, I think don't have as sharp of a delete button as we do. Yes. Sharp of a, you know what I mean? As an effective at a delete. So it's possible you would come back and say, I didn't have an experience. But if you did that, it would be an extreme overreaction of a self-protection mechanism, mm -hmm. not a failure of, of, of the medicine. It would, it would be something you did to protect I think yourself. I would feel it in that case. Shrooms for me, I very much like yeah, walked away and I was, it's, it was just, just a, I, oh, it's always, it's always cliche. What's so funny is like, I felt one with the universe, <laughs> cliche. It's yeah, like, well, that's a still a great feeling too. Yeah. I felt can I, very- Can I yes and that and please. just say all profound truths are entirely cliche? Yes. Like saying like God is love, by, which, which is such a cliche. Uh -huh. you, you take mushrooms and you're like, oh my God, the whole thing is like written on a backdrop of yes or sustenance or, 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 or blah, that feels like love or feels yeah. like a- a cradle or a, or a, I don't, I, words fail. So you end up saying God is love. And then you're like, ah, fuck. 
I think I'm a cliche. I went outside of myself like a godlike view, and it was like I was like everything's just one organism, and it can get bad, and it can get good, and it just keeps going. And I I felt not nihilistic, like nothing mattered, but just like it is what it is, yeah. and it's just a thing moving, and 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 uh, something about it was was peaceful. But it was very. I felt like I just like could see the microcosm of humanity, yeah, yeah and yeah. the world. Yes, and uh, oh, that makes perfect. I sense. dug it. There's a real okay. These types of conversations, uh, your ego will never like it. Your mm. ego doesn't like annihilation. Your ego doesn't. No, like that's merging. all. I, that's all I get scared. By the way, it's not all. When I, I had my I very like uh, in college, like a classic existential, very much it, and it's about annihilation. I, I don't. I don't think about. I, I didn't have the religion, so I don't think about hell. I don't think about. Yeah, you just don't answering. want to disappear. I just don't want to disappear. But what's interesting is your mushroom experience when Jean Marco goes away and is one with the when when you're one with the universe, mm -hmm. you're not there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Maybe you were. There was a thread that you were like, I am on a drug, and I'm having the feeling of being one with the universe. But if you really go into perfect oneness, all individuality is lost, and all specialness yes. is lost, and this is greatly threatening to us you know what i'm saying of course so this is like even i've been thinking a lot about this lately is even the thought of like going into a state like that permanently is a little bit like the end of minority report do you remember minority report somewhat they put a collar on you and they lower you into a freezer yes i remember that but you're in like a, a pleasant state but you're like comatose okay i think some of us are like a little afraid of merging with god because your specialness goes like if you become one with everything that means there's no two that means there's no special yes. and it's its own type of annihilation and i think a big part of our job here on earth is to recognize that that's actually not to be feared it, it, it's this weird mm -hmm. play we're putting on for each other of separation but like the oneness isn't to be you shouldn't be afraid of it yes in theory i just remember reading Tell all me. the things all the things as a kid where uh the, not a kid but in college where they'd be like, you know, do you remember before you were alive? It's just that. And I was like, that's horrifying. I take no comfort in this at all. I don't want to go to before I was alive. I just had a very like gripping like anxiety in college that I was like trying to solve. And that's how I became skeptical because I think I like went down all the avenues and looked into all the things and for yeah. a second believed the 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 psychic thing and then read read the amazing Randy thing and I was like, fuck, it's bullshit. It's bullshit. What the guy so that much can bullshit. turn the pages with his breath? Turn I mean, the pages, amazing, but then, then amazing more Randy, nuanced. Yeah, the, the, the random number generator, the 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 Stanford experiment with ESP. What, what was the? Random, it's just like I know the random number generator. Sure, it's uh, I think it was at Stanford. I forget what it was called, but they had like a department of psych psychic studies, and this is how the CIA, you know, the men who stare at goats. That yeah. movie, it's it's that CIA, shit. CIA. You're oh, with CIA, but yeah, <laughs> I am not. Uh, <laughs> But just these big groups of organizations who actually took this seriously in the ways that it was people being bamboozled, people, people. Wait, so the random number generator, I thought it was like whenever there were like like 9-11 or a huge earthquake or a tsunami, the numbers tended to be like these similar numbers. What, what is the one this you're talking about? This was the about? idea that a random number generator should be random. But if you get some psychic in another room going two, 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 you're going to have more twos than statistically average over there. And, and there's a billion ways to misinterpret the data. And, I understand. And, and, and there's and, a confirmation bias? Of course. Yeah. And I think it's overwhelming to see how many adults like who were like, 
anti-religion, but they bought some of the shit. You know uh, uh, Elizabeth Kubler-Ross? Uh, she's the I, seven stages of grief. Okay. She, you know, brilliant psychologist. That that thing is a known. Yeah. She got really into a psychic who uh, would bring back dead husbands and sleep with them. And and then <laughs> that's what happened. What? He, it was him. It was him uh, what? wrapping himself in cheesecloth, which is, is the reason it's cheesecloth is because it's easy to stuff in crevices, like a shitload of cheesecloth in your mouth or, or your asshole, I guess. Wait, he, hold, hold on. Is this a bit? No. Tell, then back it up just a little bit, cheesecloth. Psychic camp. Psychic camp where where this primarily widows would come. Yes. And they would, they would do a ceremony where he'd bring back their husbands. Okay. So they could have a final, uh, fuck them. With cheesecloth? So what he would do, what these psychics would do, is basically, they're doing magic, right? So the way that they would do this magic trick of the spirit reappearing is they would have translucent cheesecloth. And the reason it's cheesecloth is because you can get a lot, really small, put it somewhere in your body. You can hide it. It's a magic trick. And so he turned off the lights. And then he, he, he comes out, he comes out, and they, they think it's their husband. Okay, hold on. So the illusion, the attempted illusion is a physical, yes. translucent-looking person comes into the room. And because of confirmation bias, you want it to be so true, you covered in cheesecloth looks enough like my dead husband yep. in the dark room and you're cheesed. Yeah. And I go, there he is. Has a dick. That's it. But she would put the cheesecloth on herself? No, no, no. He he would. He's he pretending would. He's to be. He's either the psychic. He's oh, saying this woman was in this camp and defended this guy. I see. And and basically, he he got away with it for a long time. But then I think crabs spread around the camp, and they said, "What are these ghost crabs? Where are they coming from? Like a like a like a pubic hair." And he was fucking them. He was fucking them, and in and they, the cheesecloth. In the cheesecloth. So he, he put it on. I'm your husband. Let's let's fuck. Val would know. I was. <laughs> it wasn't me. Because every time we have sex, I go, "What a babarino." <laughs> We've, we haven't had sex in the past 10 years without me going, what a babarino. That's, if, if this motherfucker didn't know to say, what a babarino, I shouldn't be sharing this. At the this. end? Is this, is this when At you come? Beginning. Is that when it's coming? No. What a babarino. No, it's not like that. It's the corniest because I feel so safe and she and her clothes come off and it just comes out involuntarily. I just go, what a babarino. But mid. Your dad would love it. It's Italian sounding. Mid. In Not the middle, mid. at the end. No, it's at the beginning. At the be- oh, it's like oh. you're smooching. That's what I mean. The clothes come off, and it bears a comment. So I say, "What a babarino!" Sure. And then now it's kind of become a thing. I didn't mean to take away from this cheesecloth story. No, I think maybe that's how the camp. That would be a better way for the camp to go down. One wife's like, "Baby, what are you doing? You haven't. You, you haven't w- said it. Say it. <laughs> say it. There's a million. Okay, I know my babarino thing is just kind of a bit, but there's a million. There's no one that could have sex with Valerie in the way that we have sex. She knows. You know what I mean? Yes. People's sex styles are like thumbprints. Sure. So there's just a psychic covered in cheesecloth. Like, like, like this is a non-jokey version, but if he licked her ear, I'm not an ear licker. Like, if sure? he... There's a million things. But maybe things. Quiz, maybe before, as in the readings, he goes like, your husband says, oh, he loved it when you did the thing. What was the thing again? Like maybe That's he's, pretty he's good. finding out, he's finding out. And and you used to love it when he would always say, what did he say? And then, and then, he, and then he's like, I'm not going to say that. This is like, <laughs> He goes, I'm not going to say that. You can bust me. I'm not going to say babarino. <laughs> <laughs> I refuse. 
I refuse. <laughs> you know what? I'm done with this psychic. I'm done. What a favorito! <laughs> That's when he he turns himself in. He goes, "This is not right. What I'm doing. You know what? This is not right." Would you agree? Do you have a partner? I do. And if you if we're dead, and she saw cheesecloth, there's got to be a Jean Marco. Sure. Like, hey, I have an early morning. Hilarious. Also, just like the way you kiss or don't kiss. Of course. Or, yes. But you're sad. You're sad. You'll believe it. And this woman, this psychologist. And you taste famous, like cheesecloth. It's exactly. Yeah. But he, he And did he has it. crabs. That's how bad. That, and I, well, the crabs, I Val would be like, this is him. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Rampant with crabs. Just forever. Yeah. yeah wow. Took care of it. You can see it. Never did the shampoo. No shampoo. <laughs> no poo. Uh, that is fascinating. I just remember watching The Amazing Randy, who I saw on an airplane once. Really? He was in first, the old boyfriend in coach. No. Uh, and I, He's old. No, no, no. We talked younger. on the way out, and the boyfriend was like, they only had one upgrade. He actually addressed it, and I was like, "That's I've really turned down sweet. an upgrade for my my girlfriend. I've I've turned down the upgrade because so you didn't want to be alone. Because I yeah, I, you want to be together. Yeah, I wanted to do. I would have I would have done it if I had her blessing. But oh, what did she? She made no, it clear. I, I know. I just know. I know better. I feel like Jean Marco. The move is you can have the sure, but she didn't want to do that. She Why wants not? To be, she wants to rather be together. How how tall is this woman? Uh, she's 5'8". Yeah, she doesn't belong in first class. You know how they have those things on carnivals? You got to be this tall? That's what first class could be. That's why I feel when like I the see kids, a child there with that's the dangle, exactly what a, the dangle uh, get this fucking kid in the overhead. I'm I 11 feet tall. Agree. I'm 11 feet tall. Get this fuck. Let him go up in the cockpit and get the little wings. What is he doing here? I don't know here? how you do it because it's miserable for me. And yes, what are you, 6'7"? 6'6"? Six, 6'6". Six, 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 six. That's... that's, that's Three more than me. Dude, Nightmare. I can't even imagine what your life is like. There's a lot of first classes that I'm like, this is not enough. Like, for real. Like, somebody puts their seat back, and I'm like, this is coach. This is regular people's coach. First, There's no first class for me. Yes. There's no first class seat for Shaq. There's just coach in the front. You hear the Andre the Giant story in the documentary? Oh, me. That's... Tell me the story. I want to hear the story about me in first class. He, well, he he was he was too even for the nice jets or whatever he was taking. He was too big yeah. for the that for the he, toilet for the takeoff that he'd pick it up and throw yes, it. He'd do like it. a paper airplane. He'd do it. Where are we going? First, I will blow. Then I will throw. <laughs> and they bring out a bucket in the middle, and he, they had pull the first class curtains. Hopefully, they're better, more reinforced than the ones we see. And he would have to take a shit in the bucket. Not just a shit, a giant shit. A giant shit. A giant shit. And then they bring out the rolls of uh, paper towels. We're a couple inches away from that that life. Thank God he was rich. I don't know what he'd do. You can't just do that. Same with Shaq. Sure. When I saw Shaq, I I, I interviewed him. Most of my questions, I don't know if we use them, were about showers, toilets. (laughs) Have you ever taken a bath? Like, have you ever taken a bath? Has this motherfucker ever taken a bath? Like, you just want to get mad on his behalf. Like, yeah. when do you get to bath? When I, when I stay in a nice hotel and I have a tub, Petey's in that tub. Now, do you leave? I leave the water running because the, you know, the, the extra grain, the extra drain up high. So yeah, it doesn't go drain. too high. Yeah, if yeah. you turn off the water, the height I like it at. The drain starts activating, so I got to keep that water running. Keep it. Oh my I keep god! Keep it running. Yeah, you put me in. We're already at that. I want to be submerged. I don't want this fucking. Yeah, get those knees in there. Get the knees in there. These are facts. Okay, so your dad loved The Godfather, and oh, we're talking about the Randy. <laughs> we just went on an yes. airplane riff. 
I, I'm with that stuff, but there's a lot of, I'm not even like, let's just say this. The cornerstone of my spiritual reality is not psychic phenomena. Sure. I don't really care. And I actually, I'm going to put this to you. When a piece of the mystery, the amazing Randy, points out a part of the mystery that isn't factually true, I'm just, I just think it's adorable that a piece of life is going like, this piece of life can't read my mind. Do you understand? It would be like, <clears throat> it would be like looking in a, a, a snow globe. And uh -huh. in the snow globe, there's a, there's a city of amazing seahorses. Uh -huh. And they're all wearing sunglasses and they're all vaping. It's the most incredible thing you've ever seen. And in the snow globe, filled with millions of seahorses, some of the seahorses are going, this seahorse says he can read my mind, but he's full of shit. But from my perspective, I'm like, you're both motherfucking magical vaping sunglass seahorses. That's incredible. Like, what the? How the fuck did you get to be? Do you understand? Of like, course. When a piece of the mystery analyzes the mystery and goes, "This isn't mysterious," I go, "Motherfucker, you are the mystery. You're looking in a telescope and using the phenomenon, the infinite mystery of awareness, to look at a planet and go, like, I know where that planet will be in three months. Or you build a bridge, or you make a vaccine. You do a lot of incredible things, but you're still." The, the observing principle of this experiment is ununderstood and, and, and is un I, and I feel that sometimes yeah, yeah. I feel I want to one of your bits that I always love is just that it doesn't make any sense yes! I mean that's because that's the closest I would get to whatever I would say I am I mean I'm very skeptical I would call myself a borderline atheist but but that is what I try to hold on to yeah. it doesn't make any sense you're observing this why is this right it's, it's big yeah but I sometimes see that scam stuff, and I I am not able to see it as positively. If you, I go fucking, I get I get frustrated at the people being taken who, being taken advantage of, and I feel this way about all astrology, where it's like it's cliche at a certain point to like be like astrology is not, but it's also it's not it's not real, it's not real, and you hear about it. That's so interesting. Come, I don't know if you've ever gone to a good astrologist, man. I dated a girl whose mother was an astrologist, and she gave her a sealed envelope. She gave when she dated her father, she gave her father a sealed envelope when they started dating. And when their daughter was born, she said, open the envelope and it had the, her uh, daughter's birth date on it. It was just based on the chart. And I know, I know what you're going to say. She faked <laughs> it. She swapped the envelope or whatever. And that could be. But I, I would say there's about 5 billion people in India that firmly disagree with you. And we have to concede that our culture just doesn't value it or look into it. I don't know. I don't know. I think it's it's uh, to, to say that the planet affected your thing is me as as makes much just, as, as that affected uh, the trajectory. It's, that it does. I know, but I don't Everything know what is, it. But I don't know how. Yeah. But I don't know how. Right. And for me to articulate how in any way, shape, or form is a projection of my own hubris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and there's a little pride to it. Like it, it's it's the I know what's going on here that you that you bump against. Yes. By the way, I'm also not a huge astrology person. I've just had certain experiences where they're like. You know, I had an astrologer tell me this is when you got divorced, and it was when I got divorced. Stuff like that. I just think she was a huge crashing fan, and she did the timeline. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I just think we, especially on like like the, the the liberalish side, when we talk about the vaccine and stuff, where people are like, "Please, let's be more scientific as a country," and if you allow too much room to not go, wait a second, I think this is bullshit then the line of what is, is truthful becomes blurred. And then when you need people to take science seriously, like when there's a pandemic, I understand. you've created a society that 
takes truth from some wild places. Can I just to agree with you? Because I do. Mm-hmm. It sounds like we're disagreeing. Um, I think what we're running into is I have a, a little bit less. Um, I'm less charged in like going boo, uh-huh. which is fine. You're not even saying boo. You're just saying like let's let's use reason. I'm totally with you. Um, what was I just gonna say? The vaccine truth. Uh-huh. Uh, 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 being uh, telling uh, people uh, like uh, 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 oh yes, here's where I'll agree with you. When religion, astrology, psychic phenomena, any of this becomes certainty worship or any sort of planting the flag of certainty, if any religion or tradition doesn't have the humility, by the way, all of them have humility baked into them, if you look for it, mm-hmm. to say this is how we choose to interpret the ununderstandable or the transrational or the transcendent. Like these are our symbols. These are our symbols of symbols. Like words are symbols of symbols, but this is as close as we can get because we want to experience and participate with the unknowable because mm-hmm. we can't know it, but we can become it or be it or merge with it or play with it or like your mushroom thing, sort of commune with it. Uh, if that becomes certainty, and we know what the future is going to be, and I know uh, what happens to you when you die, and I know what happens to me when I end up with these people. The, the certainty worship is not what I'm about. And it sounds like you're railing against allowing everybody in because then it, it dilutes the things that we can be certain about, like mathematics. Yeah, or grapple with the things that are unknown. I just hear the, you know, you, you hear the, oh, well, I'm a Leo, I'm not going to get along with a blah, blah, blah. And you're like, that doesn't, that's not that's not real, and that's not real. And and so or how, you could say it's real because the chances that you won't get along with somebody are so high. Of course, right? It's like saying this stone predicts you'll get divorced or not, and you could flip a coin and know if people are going to get divorced or not. People the say to me all the time, you. "You're oh, you're a Leo. I I knew it." And yeah. then I'm like, well, "What does that mean? Well, you're obstinate. You're stubborn. You're a jackass." <laughs> it's it's never the it's never like the brave because I always say I'm like I'm not brave. I'm not brave at all. Yeah. Oh, Leos are brave. I, it's a lion. It's it's but I but it like it, people ask you it all the time. I read about some some I want to be this person. He was on some talk show. I think it was a scientist and some actor said, "What's your sign?" And he said, "I would not uh, uh, undignify your audience by uh, pretending like I believed in that." He wasn't trying to. He said it a little nicer. Yeah. He wasn't saying shut the fuck up. He was like, "I have too much respect saying, for your audience to participate in that." And that's what I think. I think especially with astrology, people really like want you to participate in a way that if I came at them with any kind of religious thing, yeah. they, they'd go like, Ugh, don't push this on me. And, and they do it casually. They do yeah. it in business and work meetings. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. It's funny. You're right. It is sort of like a right v. happy sort of situation. Yeah. <laughs> because what I'm thinking right now, and again, just so you know, you're not who you're talking to. I don't really care. I do know that the world is overwhelming. And it's scary. Yes. And when I see people say I'm a Red Sox fan over here, and these people say I'm a Libra over here, I go, same fucking thing, man. And there's certain trends and certain patterns to everything. Yeah. And the words and the rituals and the systems that we use to try and understand this very strange hallucination we're all sharing in, uh, I can have compassion for that. Well, you can have compassion, but then you look at the cases where it goes awry. You you look at the the movements where it becomes certainty that... Uh, uh, to gay a people suicide. are bad or, 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 or yeah, mass yeah. suicide yeah, yeah, yeah. where like where I think my cynical view of it is I just go it all has the capacity for badness so figure out a sports thing figure out a community thing figure out a garden yeah, before yeah. you do yeah. this which is entirely 
yeah. fabricated and pushed forward by whoever writes the, the astrology section in the Huffington Post, which yeah. I don't know if it still is, but used to be in the women's voices section, wow. which doesn't make any fucking sense. Right. I mean, right. it does, but right. it doesn't. Right. It's... Uh, right. I... I I, you, I'm you, not a jerk about it like randomly to people, but I do feel, I think astrology is frustrating because I find myself in, in circumstance where I don't want to answer the question, what's my sign? Yeah. Because I really am like, you, you might as you well make up. stop. Sure. Like, to stop. Stop. And then they'll go, classic Leo. <laughs> classic Leo. That, they do that all the time. Oh, you don't believe in astrology? Classic Leo. That's such a Leo trait. Who are you hanging out with? Just like astrology groups. Astrology. Just, like, I got to stop, stop going to this astrology club. Okay. It's my fault. I'm putting myself in this scenario. I want to come back to this because I think you did. This is very interesting. Let's just go to the, we have a couple mid-roll. You're a podcaster. We're going to do the mid-rolls. We'll be back in two minutes. And I, I want to tell you what I loved about what you just said. And we'll go a little bit deeper. And then, man, this I, I'm already loving this. We'll be right back. This show is brought to us by our friends at Sunday's Food for Dogs. My dog, Brody, absolutely, absolutely loves Sundays. It's a healthy dog food that is actually easy to store and serve. We've tried a lot of different good, high-end, nice, healthy dog foods for Brody. And oftentimes that just means there's tons and tons of plastic containers in her refrigerator taking up all of the space. Sundays is not like that. It's like having a box of cereal in your pantry, but it is filled with incredible air-dried dog food made from a short list of human-grade ingredients that you can pour and your dog devours. Seriously, when we pull this out, no joke, Brody runs like a dog food commercial and devours this food, and it is incredible, let's be honest, for his poops. I mean, that's a big part of why you want to give your dog premium good stuff, obviously for his health, and also for what you have to pick up when you're walking him. And Sundays ticks both of the, those boxes. Sundays was co-founded by Dr. Tori, a practicing veterinarian. It contains 90% meat, 10% vegetables, and 0% synthetic nutrients. Besides USDA beef and all-natural chicken, you'll find digestive aids like pumpkin and ginger, plus disease-fighting antioxidants. Dog parents re uh, report noticeable health improvements in their pups, including softer fur, fresher breath, better poops, like I mentioned, and more energy. And I love how happy it makes Brody. And I really love how easy it is to make Brody that happy. Unlike other fresh dog food, Sundays is zero prep, zero mess, and zero stress. Like I said, it's shelf stable, which makes it super easy to feed your pup top quality food. And every order ships right to your door. So you'll never worry about running out of dry, uh, out of dog food Again, Sundays cost 40% less than other healthy dog food brands because Sundays doesn't waste money shipping frozen packages. And, and there's also a lot of less, there's so much less waste. Instead, they spend on what matters, sourcing the best all natural ingredients for your pup. So we've worked out a special deal for weirdos. Our dog loving weirdos get 35% off your first order of Sundays. Go to sundaysfordogs.com slash weird or use code WEIRD at checkout. That's S-U-N-D-A-Y-S-F-O-R-D-O-G-S dot com forward slash WEIRD and upgrade your pup to Sundays and feel good about the food you feed your dog. Speaking of things I swear by, I'm, I was just feeling a little bit behind myself today and I just took some of my next Evo Naturals. Next Evo is a huge game changer in my life, a huge secret weapon against stress in my life. And their stress CBD complex gummies 
are incredible. And a new year is a fresh opportunity to achieve your full potential, but you can't be your best if you are stressed. So get ahead of stress this year by experiencing the full potential of CBD with Next Evo Naturals. Next Evo Naturals is the most clinically studied CBD brand and their smart sorb technology can help you get a better start to the year with their products like the Stress CBD Complex. Why this one instead of the millions and millions, it seems, other CBD companies? Because of that smart sorb technology. If you've tried CBD before and it didn't do anything for you, I implore you to give Next Evo a try. Their smart sorb CBD has a patented whole plant ashwagandha which is clinically proven to reduce stress by up to 70% and improve concentration by 50%. And also, it's proven for 30 times better absorption in the first 30 minutes. So the number one complaint I hear about CBD is people don't know how much to take and they don't know if they notice it. With this, you can dial in the dose perfectly because it's absorbed 30 times better and it's gonna get into your blood and into your mood in 30 minutes. So you get it fast and you get it, all of it is getting into you. It's not getting wasted. It's not just passing through your system. So don't just use any CBD brand. Most CBD products on the market only have two to 10% absorption. So at least 90% is actually wasted. Next Evo is different. It delivers four times better overall CBD absorption and has been proven in multiple clinical trials. So I absolutely swear by it. If you've been on the fence or you tried some uh, other brands before and were disappointed, give it another shot. I swear the Stress Complex gummies are incredible. They also make these pills, which are great. Uh, I sometimes take those at bed. Make CBD a part of reaching your full potential with Next Evo Naturals. Go to nextevo.com slash podcast and use promo code WEIRD to get 20% off your first order of $40 or more. That's 20% off $40 or more at nextevo.com slash podcast and use promo code WEIRD. And as I always say, you'll be showing your support of the show. Last but not least, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. When you're at your best, you can do great things. We talk a lot about the benefits of talk therapy on this show. I am a huge believer. Val is a huge believer. It's greater than the sum of its parts. Talking to a trained professional seems like just words in a room, right? But it changes your life. It's changed my life. It's changed Val's life. It's changed so many of my friends' life. And we're so happy to be sponsored by BetterHelp. Sometimes in life, you get bogged down. You can feel overwhelmed or like you're not showing up in the way that you want to. Working with a therapist can help you get closer to the best version of you. Because when you feel empowered, you feel more prepared to take on everything life throws at you. So if you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is an incredible option. It's convenient, it's flexible, it's affordable, and it's entirely online. I used to drive 90 minutes to see Dr. Gary Penn, my therapist. It was a haul. And if I knew about BetterHelp, absolutely game change the whole system. You go online, it's discreet, it's easy. You do it from the comfort of your home. It's easy to swap therapists. It's easy to find therapists. There's no shame factor. There's no discomfort and there's no inconvenience. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist. And you, like I said, you can switch at any time for no additional charge because dialing it in just right and finding that perfect person for you can sometimes take a try or two, but once you do, you know you're there and you'll start feeling those benefits and showing up for yourself so much more in your life, which is incredible. So if you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can absolutely get you there. For me, it helped me carry through a terrible breakup and was a very 
integral time in my life where I was at a crossroads and I had to make a lot of choices and having a therapist to talk to made all of the difference. So visit betterhelp.com slash weirdo today to get 10% off your first month. That's better, H-E-L-P, betterhelp.com slash weirdo for 10% off your first month and show your support of this show. All right, everybody, let's enjoy the second half of Gianmarco Soresi. Get into it. We're right back. I'm Mark Norman. All of a sudden, I'm back. That's good. Um, it wasn't good. Yeah, it's okay. It was okay. You knew what I was doing. I like Mark Norman's one of those him and like Mulaney. I can't listen to because I just imitated Murder. You reminded me. No. Of, you reminded me of Mulaney when you went. There was something you said where it's bad. It's it, it's in me. Jeff oh, and Mulaney oh. are both in me. Jeff. Jeff Goldblum. I, oh. I've, I've done an impression for him like four multiple things. Jeff Goldblum. And yeah, I thought you said you haven't met him. No, I haven't met him. I've done impressions. Oh, of I thought him. you said for him. Oh, no, no. It, of him. It, Can I tell a... you when I met him? Please. Because you're going to love it. Oh, uh, yeah. Finish your thing, though. Uh, but it's those two are baked in my mind, yeah. and I can't. Sometimes Mulaney, the, the musicality feels like, well, that's what comedy is. Like, it's it's almost, it's, it's, no, no, it's no. like. He hears it. He hears what we're trying to hear yeah. more clearly. So I'm not saying rep him. But I don't think you are ripping him. But I'm saying, saying you have a little Mulaney in you is like a cake being like, I've got some yeast. Sure. Because what he is, is a very pure example of what we're all doing. Does that make sense? Yes. Did did people ever call you? Because I just get so many, I get so many comments on the YouTube of dollar store John Mulaney. Dollar store. Oh, that's dollar what they store. call you? Dollar, dollar store. store John Mulaney. And it's it's. Wow. Did you ever get a dollar? Did it, do you ever get a? Back in the day, they were like, "Oh, you're just a, you're just a poor man's." Oh no, never. Because when I was starting comedy, it was like a fringe activity. <laughs> I'm just sure. I'm I'm joking. But no, that's hurtful that you're a dollar. Oh, store. it's fine. I mean, Say it, it again, it's, like it's a good Mulaney, comedian. It's fantastic. Oh, dollar. No, dollar store. Dollar John. store. John Mulaney. That's perfect. I can't. I can only. I'll listen to that. That was perfect. I'll listen to the new things like Dallas, once, and I'm like, put it away. I Dallas, can't. Dallas, I can't do it. Dollar Store, John Mulaney. I mean, mm. yeah, no, that's really mm. good. Yes, my I can't listen to him is Brian Regan. Yeah, uh, yeah. I've heard you say that. Yeah, that's a, that's that's a real thing. But keep. I mean, I know. I, I'm listening. I'm not. It's too late. Sometimes you, at a certain point, you do comedy long enough, you're like, I might evolve, but this is what I am, dude. I, dude. It's already on my mind. If I watch Burr, I'll be a little bit more Burr. If I follow Santino, I'll be a little bit more Santino. Mm-hmm. In fact, coming out of the quarantine, I was like, I, it was, I've told this story before, but like to, to him. But sometimes I forget what comedy is and you need these avatars. You need your Mulaney's. You need your Burrs and, and Santino's. These guys that are like fearless. And you're like, I'm, I'm not just saying this. When I watched your set, I was like, oh, yeah. Such a Leo going up there brave. <laughs> but you did. You, like, I, one of the greatest things, I'm realizing that this is great, that I mean this. Because in my life, I have, a, I have folders on my phone who, who my friends are. I have to write it down. Sure. And I also have a folder on my phone called Things I Actually Like. Because I forget. Mm. I lose my way in the forest. And, and I do love comedy, but one of the things, when I say that, what do I mean? When I watch someone do like the set you did in Montreal, or when I watch Burr tear up a small room and just really, remember George Burns smoked cigars and cigar. He said the cigar was the ultimate comedy accessory because it like it's imposing. Yes, the smell that fills the room. Mm-hmm. There's something 
I, that's not appropriate for all situations, but the fearlessness that you in Montreal or or these guys that uh, the set I watched Santino do, where he just went up and did it. Yeah, he didn't like apologize. It, it was like a- athletic. I do get inspired by that. Like it's not fake. I actually get like moved that someone can be so honest about their feelings and their truth. I know this sounds kind of like canned. But no. I get like, like it's not emotional. It's inspired. I go like, what? Sometimes okay. So one of my core negative beliefs is that I'm too much. Like, sure, I I, I know that feeling. Right. Yeah. I yeah. go like I'm too much. It's people secretly hate everything I'm about. So I had I had had very little sleep because uh, I was watching Lilo alone for three days. Then I went to coffee and she just she was rocking me like just I was getting rocked by this child and yeah. and you just I don't mean you I just nobody can understand what it's like how old now she's four and uh-huh. she's the love of my life i love her more than of anything course. but she doesn't sleep great and when she's awake you're with her and you just it's like having another more important you running around so there's just constant and there's a lot of uh, okay and then i finally get her to school on monday because i was with her over this weekend and i'm sitting there and I'm just in like uh, zero, like like the realist me, because I'm grumpy and I'm on little sleep yes. and I'm just exhausted. And somebody asked me about my dog and everybody knows that listens to this podcast, I have mixed feelings about my dog. And my dog was really bothering me because my, my what I said was my dog is my mom. My mom is just like, it can be very like bottomless. Yeah. Like there's, it's never enough. So when I say I don't like my dog, has nothing to do with my dog. In fact, my dog is a good boy. I treat him very well. I have to say that up top. I treat him very well, mm-hmm. very loving. He's in a loving situation. But sometimes when I look at him and he's just staring me with those black eyes, I just feel my mother going it's like, like, for your dad, it's God. For your mom, it's the yeah. dog. <laughs> and one's backwards. Dog, God. <gasps> so anyway, I'm ranting about this. Uh-huh. And then at the end of the, I'm driving home and I'm like, with like five friends at this coffee place. And I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? Why am I venting about my dog? Nobody wants to hear about how you, how you have like a complicated relationship with your dog. People hate that. Uh-huh. And then I go, when I see you, or like I'm saying, these great sets sharing their vulnerability in a powerful, not an imposing or dickish way, but like in an unapologetic, this is my neuroses. I love it. That's how I comfort myself. Meaning, if you had been ranting about your dog, and being like, my dog is my mother. It's just always staring at me. Like, why do people think it's love? He just wants my fucking food. He's just following me for my fucking food. He's a wolf. Yeah. If you were doing that, I would love it a hundred percent. And that's how I comfort myself when I'm too much. Does that make sense? That's yes, like what it does. I love about comedy. Yeah. I mean, that's why I, you know, I didn't start in stand. I was a, I was an actor and theater person. I think just. I mean, other than not a lot of success, but I think there's ultimately was like, oh, I want to go into my set. I do. Yes. Wanna, it's and show it it's how i it's it's i can't even do like i can't even write outside myself yeah. you know this you know, it's it's that some people would never write a show with where they're the main character of it yes. and it's hard for me to conceive of doing anything else yeah 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 now i completely and it's, get that it's it's i think it's like i think that's always been in me when i was a kid i i would like i would Sean, i would hand raising for course. those of you listening not watching i'm raising my hand couldn't relate more keep going when both my parents house I, I was going back they got divorced when i was young but we would put on music we would dance in the living room and i remember at a young age i said we have people need to people need to witness this i didn't say it like that but i said we need to 
figure out a way to get our living room on a stage so people the the idea that something was given more value and worth by it also being, being witnessed yeah. and me being the thing that needed to was be there from the beginning buddy cut to me and my friend miguel my best friend in uh whatever second grade we built a stage my idea in the backyard uh-huh. with wood and we stood on it. <laughs> I didn't have any talents. So I just stood on I got it from Looney Tunes or something. It would just go, wax packs, ooh, wax packs. I don't even know what this song means. And it went, ooh, daddy-o, where you gonna go on the radio? Just in the back. Picture two kids in the woods yeah. just singing wax packs. Imagine if you walked by the two wax, pa- wax packs boys. Couldn't agree more. And... I used to think I was on a reality show. This is before reality shows. Really? That's why I loved being religious is because I thought angels or God were mm-hmm. watching me. So I would monologue into the mirror and I'd say, welcome to the Pete show. Dad's having a weird dinner. Like I just, it's That's like psychosis funny. or, you know, it's, it's, it's not stable. It's yeah. instable. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's instable. And that's what we do for a living. But it was, I'm, I'm happy to hear that you were trying to get... The Avid brothers also... I remember um, Scott Avid was talking about like they'd play in their house music. Yeah. And he thought that the way it would work is one day somebody would walk by, pop their head in the window and say, I'm from Hollywood. You guys have to come with us. That's what he yeah. thought. And that's also part of it. Not only do you think what you're doing deserves to be seen, but you're also like, and someone's going to come and find this and, and claim it. Yeah, I think it was sometimes I feel with stand up comedy, it sometimes feels like I had that urge, but I didn't have any of the regular things we view as talent to deserve being on stage. Yeah. I feel an insecurity because I failed at other things that got me to stand up comedy, right. which I love. Right. But I also feel like I was a failed singer. I feel like I was a failed actor. And that's how I got here. But oh, but but there's something. It's it's more it's less about the 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 talent. It's just like when I was a kid we had a Yamaha. And I remember I called, I couldn't play piano. My dad just had it for some reason. He had, it was a hobby for How a week. How have I never put together Yamaka and Yamaha? It'd be, it'd be a strange bit for you to do. I think <laughs> I would feel the Jews would say, leave that for us, please. We have to wear this shit. Yeah, but I never even Yamaka, 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 Yamaha. Yeah. Put on your Yamaka and get behind the Yamaha. I, somebody, he must have, Adam Sandler must have used the rhyme at some point. There's no way you like are trying to run Yam- Yamaka. Like Dora the Explorer lights the menorah. I think about this all the time. Mm-hmm. Is mm-hmm. Dora the Explorer Jewish? Could she be for the song? <laughs> Could, you know? Conversion. Yeah, Yamaha, Yamaka. And <laughs> I was just playing and I couldn't play, but I like, I did the spooky, I did like a spooky sound. And I said, Dad, come look at this. And who knows what the fuck I did. But in my mind, I was telling a story, banging on the keys. And my dad was like, I don't, what? What was what? If, what am I supposed to? He didn't know what to do with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like I that kind of feeling. Multi- I didn't have talent. I wish I could have played the piano, but I still there's like I'm like you need to see whatever it is I'm feeling right now for the feeling to be complete to me. Like you had the best seat in the house. <laughs> Just like I, I, I was making something, and and he didn't know what. Right. And I think I think part of it is like, can you be worthy of being witnessed? Can you be worthy of people's time? Because yes, okay. If people are gonna look, you you, you better give them something. That's... Was the was that memory then like oh before I can invite my father over, I better learn how to play. I just think it's no, it's it's more like oh my dad doesn't get it. I'm at the moment. This is before I like had the self awareness. I was like my dad doesn't get it. I'm a genius. Something in me is something in me tapped into the divine, and my dumb fucking father 
all he hears is noise. This is uh, this is right out of my brain, right here. When I get stoned, I'm convinced I can play the piano. I'm very. I think I'm very good. I would record it <laughs> and play it and be like, "It's pretty good." For a guy who can't play the piano, really, sounds pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same, same sort of thing. So, and some composer would be like, "The notes don't make any sense yet." It's beautiful. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, it takes a genius to recognize this genius. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, a regular person would be like, this is madness. He'd be like, but wait. Like, I always wanted, like, an anthropologist to listen to something like you playing the piano and be like, what he's doing? He's calling to his ancestor. You know, like, like something beautiful is happening. Yeah. Because that's what I meant by, like, you're in the best seat in the house. Like, if you, if they, our father, whoever knew what it feels like to get in that flow where you're kind of lighting up with potential. Like I'm making notes, but you're like being hyper present and playful. And yeah, the, the feeling of yes, yesing your impulses to play whatever notes like that is what was happening. And it was beautiful. Yeah. And unfortunately we live in a world where we're like, but I, what, what are hooks? What is rhythm? What is sure. a pre-chorus? What's repeating the chorus again at the end? It's just inviting other people in so like regular folks can go like, I see why this is good. You know yeah. what I mean? And I can't blame them for not understanding because they're not artists. Yeah, they're not feeling it. My, I was at my mom's, I was, I was in bed. I was like just wrapping my tummy and I was like 12 or whatever. And like, I got really into it. Yeah. I like thought I was making a symphony. And my stepfather at three in the morning comes in my room and was like, what the fuck is going on in here? Because to him, he's like, what the, f- what are you doing? You are killing me. You woke We're- me up for what is this? We are so similar. I have a very vivid memory. I'm laying in bed. I didn't recognize what it was. Now I have words for it. I'll, I'll tell Valerie, I'm, 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 ha- I'm manic. I, I'm not manic depressive, but I get lit up. Of course. And I'm infinite potential. And the reason I have to tell Val is is it's like, you're not allowed, talking to me, to tell your friends that you can make a TV show for them. Because in that state, I can see a pilot for everyone. And I'm actually going to say, it'd be good. Like, it, it's not like just insanity, you know? Yes. And we're time traveling. It would be like a good, like, oh, I get it. And it's this and this. But I have to go... Sure, come up with an idea for Jean Marco, but don't pitch it until you've come down from this. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So when I was manic as a child, I didn't know what it was. I just thought I was having this intense surge of creative will and positivity. Yeah. I got out of bed like you with your uh-huh. and I I I thought this felt like genius to me too. I was like, if I lay my head upside down, my hair will fall to the floor. And then if I hairspray it. It'll stay like that. But this is like 11 o'clock at night, but I couldn't get it out of my mind. Like, yeah. like something I had to create. And I went in the bathtub and I started spraying with hairspray and my mom came out and like your, was it your dad? Uh, that was my stepdad. Your stepdad. <laughs> worse. <laughs> Even worse. Even worse. Infinitely worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More than a step worse. Yes. My mom was did not find it amusing at yeah. all. And I do think it's just because that was the 80s. If Leela did that, I would be like... This is a memory. Like I would take a, a photo. <laughs> but isn't that like, I also was like, but what did my mom have to do the next day? Like, why? Sure. Why couldn't it have just been fun? Do you think you would have been better off if if she had? If she said, Wow. No. Cool. No. Because just like your dad saying your piano sucks, and my mom saying this is this is inappropriate. Get back in bed, you nut job. Mm-hmm. That with that combo of love and withholding love is what 
I think addicts us to bad sets, good sets, bad sets, good sets. Like the the strange. Like I, I think it's like make no mistake. We don't actually want to kill every set. We want we want the speedball. We want the downer. Yeah. We want the upper. And the bad set informs the good set. And the and the nice run of good sets. And then like a weird set and a bad. That's audience. why I think it would be tough to be like a self aware parent. Because I think I would be very much like, I want them to feel good. I'm proud of them for everything. Yeah. And like, where's, where's, you the need artist. something else. Where, or where, where's, sometimes as a parent, you do have to be critical of your child or you do have to be like, I, I don't know. Yeah. I, because I would be the parent. I, I go to my son playing the piano and go, oh my God. And, and then all, he's like, I'm a genius for real. And then he goes on stage and does it and gets booed by the whole world. Well, that's, that's, I think you just solved your own problem, though. Like, it's going to happen. Yes. It doesn't have to be you. We're back to what we said at the beginning. Like, these archetypes, mother, father, are so huge. So Leela, just yesterday morning, knows a, a song that's the days of the week. And it goes like Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And then again, there's Sunday. So, And she was counting on her fingers, but she counted eight. And she went, there's this many days in the week. And Val was like, she Val told me this story because she felt bad. She was like, "Oh, sweetie, actually, there's seven days in the week." And Leela just went like, "Oh and like my god!" And like walked away. So like, it's gonna happen. What yeah. I'm saying is this belief that like we have to like damage our children to make them interesting or to toughen them up. It happens gently. Yes, it doesn't ha- like. You can't not. Because you and I were the types of kids, and I'll put this back to you. You, you thought you were a genius. I've told this story many times. It's not even a story. It's this long. It's almost over. I'm in the back seat, <laughs> and I'm, I'm listening to my brother and father talk, and I'm like, I was noticing that there's a rhythm. You know when you're a kid, you just talk. Yeah. And then grown-ups, I'm like, oh, they're like... But I saw it like sheet music. I'm still convinced that I was having like an epiphany. And an epiphany that was smarter than my years i had never heard people talk about things like that and i was like and i explained it to them i waited for my turn in the music and i was like and and my dad didn't say anything and my brother was like yeah people know that (laughs) and i was just like that was me going like well we'll see who's laughing when i'm a famous comedian yes (laughs) like like literally that was pulling the bow back on me being like okay but that's the whole drive is we have those feelings and then we go like what do I have to do to make someone else bring them in on this feeling? That's right. Yeah. And that's what, back to what we were saying, when Radiohead, Radiohead put out that, um, there was a certain record, I remember was the song Butcher was on it. It, I can't remember the name of it, Mm -hmm. but it was after In Rainbows. So they put out In Rainbows and everybody was like, this is the greatest Radiohead record of all time. And then like the next one was like very for them. (laughs) Sure. And I think that's what makes us so upset is that we know they're geniuses. They just didn't make enough effort to bring us into it. Yeah. Because Radiohead could probably, like, I feel like Tom York could just hear like a, and it'd be like, oh yeah, this is fucking brilliant. Because he's a genius. Yeah. We need your genius to be changed and dressed up a little bit so we can get a little taste of what it feels like to be you. Does that make sense? Yes. yes. And when you don't, we go, you didn't extend us enough rope to join. Sure. Climb up. In, I'm mixing metaphors, but I can't get into your tower, Rapunzel. It's not even rope. Does that sure. make sense? Sure. Of course. I mean, that's I mean, it, that's why some comedians get rich and it's so disappointing because it feels like they no longer can extend that to you. 
the regular human being. Oh, because all their bits are about private jets? Or or just their whole attitude towards... It's just different. They live in a different world. They're, yeah. they're breathing different air. Yeah. And there's just something in there that's not, not the same. Completely agree. I thought you were also going to say, when comedians tell a joke that doesn't make sense... You're, it's the same thing. They didn't. They didn't extend enough rope to bring. I've sure, done, I, sure. And Rory, Rory Scovel, one of my favorites. He's like me. I was watching him at my Largo show uh, this past month, and he did this bit, and he said something kind of out of nowhere, and then he did what I would do. I'm a real like. I don't know why you didn't laugh at that guy. Uh-huh. And he said like, I don't know why you didn't laugh at that. And I'm sitting in the wings, and I'm like, oh my god, it's because he didn't say. She said like there was something missing. Of course. And I'm like, that's what I do. I get so caught up in the mania or the the thrill of finding pure creativity in my brain and letting it spin like a pinwheel that sometimes I forget to say, and then my dad goes. Yes. So now I'm just a lunatic on stage going like, are you afraid of God? Uh-huh. And like, then I go, why aren't you laughing? And I'm like, because lunatic, like... You're scribbling in the notebook from seven. You're Kevin Spacey. You're like, you're insane. That's, but that's why I, it's so hard to get like really good feedback on stand up. You got to have like your friends who, because you, sometimes you just can't tell. Yeah. You can't tell what you have failed to communicate. Yeah. And when someone points it out and you go, oh, when I said him, they didn't know who I was talking about. Yeah. But in your head, you're like, of course it's this. That's what I mean. That's why I think we have the best seat in the house, like you at the piano. Yeah. It's like if you know everything I know, I can picture the people i'm talking about they they get a description and they cast it their own ways but yeah, yeah i got yeah. the original whatever weird person i was running into at the airport or whatever and that's why i hold on you know, so some jokes i've held on to for six years because i'm like no it's there there's it's it's I, i'll figure it out but i know yeah i know there's something yeah, there yeah, yeah well when you not that you haven't but like when you really establish yourself and have like multiple specials that's when those bits come back because then the audience completely gets you yes and that's when i like I have to often check myself before I wreck myself because I perform a lot at Largo. That audience knows me pretty well. And I feel like I can go from A to F. And then you mm-hmm. go to a regular place and you're like, no, A to C is is pushing it here. You have to, yeah. like you were saying in the Midwest, you have to go like, I'm Jewish. That means, of course, you know, like you have to explain, I have to explain my perspective as well. But at a certain point, you can bring those bits back. I'm completely... I just think it's so... You know, I don't have, uh, you all go to a show on the road, it'd be a couple fans there. But like, I do think a lot about like, how do you stay good when the people who see you perform know all the context and know you so deeply? And it's like, I have those experiences sometimes where I have a couple shows where it's like people come to see me, yeah, little things. And you know, they know my girlfriend's name. Yeah. They know they know all this background. And this is bad for you? No, because I don't I no longer it's like it's like I'm trying to build a house that can stand anywhere. I could perform it anywhere. Yeah. But then in that moment I I, I have a disjointed they're, they're, they know stuff. They have context that I yeah. haven't not figured out how to convey to a stranger. And so as you become more I famous, see. as you have more fans, it, it seems to be really hard to maintain working out really brutally good material that could work with people who have no idea who you are. Yeah, it's interesting. I think you would do well to never stop building the house from the ground up. Sure. What I do is I just invite people into my house now. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. But when I watch your material, one of the things that I'm so impressed by it, and a lot of the younger people, is is I'm seeing the house, they build the house. Yeah. And I'm not even saying this is a bad thing. 
Bill Burr is letting you in the house. He's not He's not going like, I'm Bell, I'm kind of curmudgeon Yeah. And Mulaney doesn't go like, this is my deal. He just goes out. Forget it. Like, you know, when he had the dog and his relationship, all that stuff. Like, that everybody knew that going in and wanted to hear him talk about it. But I wonder... I wonder if you do lose something if you're not trying to make the thing that can be dropped into a, like, am I, I wonder if I'm soft. Cause like if I go to a show and someone brings a friend, they're like, they didn't know who you were. I'm like, that's so weird. Whereas the first 10 years, 12 to 15 years of my career, a hundred percent of every crowd didn't know who I was. Of course. And that's how you get strong. Yeah. So I wonder if it's lazy or if it's just kind of like something that you earn. I, I, I like to think it's something that I've earned. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's there's an argument to made. You you know you you get a certain benefit of the doubt as you've proven yourself over the years, and that lets you explore. You know, yeah, higher you kinds of deeper, things. Yeah, like I can think of clubs. Uh, I, I worked at. Uh, I still do once in a while. LOL in New York, like the real like Times Square. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, used to be ha. Yeah, shit club. But they added a letter. Yeah, <laughs> so it's a rough place. Rough, but I was I did every check spot there for like a year in the beginning, and it, it was it was useful. But like if yeah. if I tried to do you did every check spot, that's what they offered you. Yeah, it was it was because uh, unpaid. Yeah, so I did like, but it's in New York these days. It's the only way I could have done four spots a night, six on the weekends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. it was sometimes you just need to be on stage with a microphone, even if it's a nightmare. That's that mm-hmm. was for me the Boston. But yeah, keep going. I'm but it's you. still it, it's. But I'm sure back then I could have never done something as profound as uh, uh, none of this makes sense. That audience would have been like, "What is going?" And then so you so you don't. You, the other argument is that when you do have people who have some context, you can build yeah. a much more precious yeah, 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 yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm going to, I wonder if you'll think this is as fun as I think you're going to think it is. Okay. The bit that doesn't make any sense was what I would call a special bit, meaning for a special, meaning if I'm doing an hour, even for my fans, I wouldn't always do that. Doesn't make any fucking sense. By the way, I had no idea that would become the, the viral bit or whatever. Yeah. Because often it didn't really work. Really? So then you're doing a special and the crowd is extra juiced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you do it kind of towards the beginning. Then you can make it work. I have a set list right now. I'm, I'm working out this new hour. I'm going to film it. Uh, there's two bits on it that I will not do when I'm just working a regular room because they're too intimate. They're better with a, a camera close to your face. They're, yeah. too ex- they're, they're based on an expression. They They involve like literally 20 seconds of silence. And I'm like... I can't do that. Like I could, but it's too risky. Sure. And I, I just want to murder. But for the film set, those are the bits that like you do doesn't make any sense. Even though you wouldn't do doesn't make any sense doing just a regular theater or whatever. You do it on the special and then everybody loves it. it, it yes. It's, it's, it's uh, I, I wonder if you, does that make any no, sense? No, oh, it makes total sense. It's, it's very interesting. I think it's like. Bits that are too delicate. Absolutely. Same for the TV taping. I just think there's like uh, some like older comics who've done it for a long time where sometimes they're doing that and they're still making great work. And then there's some where it's like, oh no, this actually does need it's not as sharp as you yeah, as, yeah. as you think. You're oh. getting way too much from from the silent and the and, and, and I think it yeah. must be hard to navigate this is we, I'm constantly in spaces where no one knows who I am. And I think like if I'm not, it's just got to be hard to hold. I, I I don't know how Chris Rock goes anywhere yeah, and yeah. he walks in and everyone yeah. knows who he is. Yeah. And they're excited to see him, even if they're not a fan. Right. They're just like, oh my God, I get to tell my family I saw Chris Rock. How do you do how do you how do you develop anything? <laughs> in an authentic way. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I completely understand. 
It's interesting. It's interesting. Have you ever seen a ghost? What if you were like you had? Yeah, I reverse on all of this. Like, there's one exception. I hate astrology, but I've grandma, been haunted. I've been haunted. Would you like to be haunted as a skeptic? Because I can arrange it. I, I I'm think, just kidding. I'm just kidding. Please. I'm just I kidding. think of a. Uh, Would you uh, like it? Stephen King had some quote where he said, "All horror movies or all ghost movies." are optimistic because it implies there's life after death. Right. So he was saying, like, even if it's like a fucking monster, it's still like, well, I at least get to be a fucking monster when I die. <laughs> hey, that's something. That's not nothing. I like lumbering in a group. Sure. You I'll be like a some, zombie. Some, some good meals. <laughs> Brains um, <laughs> look pretty good. Let's be honest. Of all the organs, brain looks most delicious. Oh, really? Which organ are you going to eat? Muscles aren't organs. We're eating an organ. Okay, okay. I feel like a liver feels closer to, like, steak. Even Hannibal, did he eat brains in the movie? He has a liver and a nice Chianti. I know oh, that Chianti yeah. goes with liver. I don't know what goes with brains. <laughs> I feel like fucking this shit is what goes with brain. A big magic mango, magic mind goes with magic brain. Uh, what about have you ever almost died? Um, I it's so lame. I I I couldn't ride a bike. So <laughs> so okay okay okay. And uh, I'm having trouble with a bike. It, it, so I had like I I would describe it as like a chariot. So like the front wheel of a bike connected to like two skateboards. So no balance required. Yeah. And my dad, I was going down a hill and my dad was like, don't hit the brakes. Don't hit the brakes this time. And I wasn't wearing a helmet. And so I had to bring you in because this is so traumatic. Yeah. Uh, and I was started going really fast, really fast. And there was like a dip at the end over a little, who knows? But something in me was like, this you got to step off. And I like like cold coldest blood just as a move and just took a step off, and you know smacked broken arm, didn't hit my head. If I had, I do think dead, dead. Wow. And I I think it was better than the option at the bottom of the hill. And I think my brain like really quickly made a cold hard calculated reservation because in my mind i could see being like too scared to step off the thing. So you just keep going. You don't make a decision. Yeah. But something in my brain said. Therein lies death. Step off now. Wow. Even though it, I mean, it was the most I've ever been injured in my life. Broken. Uh, later we found out it was broken. We didn't get, my dad didn't, didn't, I don't know. Maybe he did, maybe he was ashamed that he was the guy saying no breaks this time, but he, we didn't go to a doctor until like a month later. And they said, that, that was, that was broken. If you had hit your head, I think the doctor said, if you had hit your head, you would have died. Wow. Mm -hmm. Your dad said no breaks. And he's like a safety guy. So he, he fucked up. He fucked up real bad. <laughs> Did your parents really get divorced when you were seven days old? It's probably probably somewhere between that and six months. They they were he definitely was cheating on her. Oh, cheating. Oh, he was a big cheater. Big cheater. Another thing that's glorified in the mafia movies, mm -hmm. the Guma. He so so seven days, six months, I don't even know exactly, but before I was one, before I was cognizant. So yeah. Okay. So that's when they got divorced. My mom, she, oh, I fucked up this story once and she corrected me. She, she listens. Hi, mom. Uh, and I, I, I think she went to a party and a woman there said, I, I don't mean to be like, don't shoot the messenger, please. My husband met your husband and he suspects, and he's very intuitive, he suspects that he's cheating. And, and my mom... Uh, Wait, say what you just said again. Hi. Uh, uh, this woman comes up to your mom. Yes. Hi, Susan. Hi. My, husband. my husband met your husband, 
And you know, oh, maybe a cute this little story. They went golfing together. Are they yes. going to be friends now? Yes. I'm so glad you're saying this again because the first time I just didn't know something amazing was happening, and now I do. Well, that's what shot and and I, he's he, my intuitive, husband, and he felt he's intuitive and felt something. And and my mom, my mom said she just like left. She left the party. She, this is where I might fuck it up, but she called my dad. She said, um, "I saw you at dinner with another woman. This is a bluff." I saw you at dinner with another woman, and my dad said, I'll be right home. And basically said, uh, This is Sparta. That's incredible. It's incredible. It's incredible. She goes, I saw you at dinner. Not so your mom is doing some assuming here. Not only are you having an affair, which we can take, but you go to dinner with these women. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. That's not it could have been a hotel only. Of course. But of he, course. she she used some creative writing. Uh-huh. She's like, I bet he's I bet that son of a bitch is taking them out to dinner. Mm-hmm. And she had the restaurant and everything. Mm-hmm. And he said, I'll be right home. And she never went back to the woman and said, your husband is very intuitive. You are very, he was, what a great, he, she never went she back. She should have. Yeah, you're, you know, probably upset about other things at the moment. <laughs> but <laughs> my, my, my dad just said, he said, uh, this is who I am. I'm not going to change. Uh, and, and. Oh, he didn't apologize. I, he, maybe he said, I'm sorry. I, I don't know. My mom doesn't say, well, he said a really sweet apology. But yeah. but just essentially, looking back at it now, you're like, oh, polyamory was for you, papa, uh, <laughs> instead of whatever this shit is. But he he said, like, I'm not going to stop, essentially. He said, like, I want to have women on the side, essentially. Do you think it was his love of Italian stereotype culture? <laughs> that or- his dad cheated for sure. Just yes. I don't want to use the word sins, but the old expression of the father. Like, it, 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 you, yeah. you learn it, you do it again. But I think what was different is, like, I didn't know about the cheating until I was much older. My dad, like, did not... The women were in my life. They were maternal figures who disappeared. But I never knew him. I didn't know... I never knew that he cheated. <laughs> oh, no. So he had some women who would leave abruptly. And looking back, now knowing more information, I'm like, oh, he probably got busted for cheating. But at the time, he just said... Oh, well, you know, Susan, she's had a tough upbringing. Turns out Susan didn't like when I saw other people. Mm-hmm. But, but it's hard to know out. what to do with it now. I, I feel yeah. like it's, it's. I think of it like when they catch serial killers like 50 years after they did the crimes. It's like, well, what do you do? They're yeah, dead. It's a, it's a cold case. They're old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Their time has, has yeah. punished them enough, <laughs> you know? Time has dealt out the sentence. And I don't know if it would have been better if I would have known and could have confronted him. But it's it's hard to know what the information to do now. What, am I going to be mad at him for being well, a horny 30-year-old? I mean, you, It you know. is interesting, and I, correct, I, you will. You're a firm, confident person. <laughs> so correct me if I'm wrong, but your father, Leo, but who, you're such a Leo, your father who is one of the arbiters of your reality as a mm-hmm. young person was a lying, cheating, unstable, untrustworthy person of course you don't believe in astrology or UFO. You know what I'm saying? Like you want you want receipts. You want documents. Mm-hmm. You want facts. Sure. And that's fine. Yeah. When I say that's fine is I'm, I'm not trying to convince you to be like, Jean-Marco, come over here. It's fun to think that maybe this stone, if you touch it, you win money or whatever. Sure. I'm not, I don't care. 
But it's interesting. I'll give you an example. Like I know people. Uh, I, I'm I'm into Vedanta, non-duality. Your experience with mushrooms, the oneness. Mm-hmm. It's also in Judaism. God is one. That idea. It's also in uh, a lot of religions. When when the Bob Marley folks say one love, that's the idea. It's like w- this is one thing. It's yeah. it's hidden in culture. One thing. So I believe that. <laughs> but I also grew up <coughs> for the whatever. Uh, excuse me. Strange issues I had or whatever complications all families have, I didn't feel like the fundamental uh, nature of my reality was being jeopardized. Like it was pretty regular. Uh huh. So of course, if you have that foundation, you can use it to then go like, maybe this is all a dream. Like we're all just having this weird collective dream. But if you had a rocky thing where the... Patri- uh, not the, the patriarch or, or the matriarch, but these, again, these giants betray trust sure you're not it's not as groovy for you to be like and maybe this whole thing is a gaslight you know because you were gaslit yeah i was yeah and i think and it felt it felt good as a kid like my dad was a he was the pillar he was he was the strong one i went to my mom's and my stepdad i didn't get along with my stepdad as as a kid so it's like my dad was the figure so sure i i think i i would say that like i know that underneath that good feeling can be some sinister shit and some some people being mistreated, even right, right. And when my dad had my little sister, I mean, part of the truth is that he spoiled the shit out of me. I was his his you know number one, and then my sister became number one, and I got to see what everyone else had to experience when I must have been a kid. Yeah, especially the women he dated, you know, and right. and uh, right. he did all sorts. I mean, like when he dated a new woman, he would he would buy toys for them to give me. Kind of like a dog, you give him a treat for the stranger visiting. So, so this new woman would would come into my life bearing gifts. It's Santa. Wow, what's not to love about this new woman? Yes, and then she Susan. becomes a maternal figure, and then one day, gone. There's one. There's one woman. She. Uh, we used to play Monopoly together, and and what would happen? These women they would break up with my dad, and then they would have to have like a a breakup with me if if they wanted to, obviously. And I remember a very little kid. She. We were sitting in the car. A conversation in the car, a conversation meant to end and then one to leave. And and I mm. said to her, she said, I'm going to be really busy at work, so I won't be around as much. And I said, like, can we, are we still going to play Monopoly? And, you know, she can said. Can we just take a beat? Because that's heartbreaking. Yeah. Are we going to still play Monopoly as mm-hmm. a tearjerker? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not delighting in it. I just want to pay that. I know, I know. Grief, respect. It's, 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 it's. Yeah, it's it's tough to do those moments in comedy because talking about the premise, people just go like, "Oh God!" Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I actually, yeah, I hope to. But that's if what's, you did on stage. I think I could get there. But in this conversation, sure. it's different. We're, at LOL, we're, yeah, yeah. It's, at LOL, it's a the tough sell. <laughs> it's a tough sell. Uh, and and then you know she she lied essentially. I, I put her in a corner and she said some degree of like, "Yeah, yeah." And then I'm still waiting. Still got the Monopoly board set up. The thimble's waiting for the dog, man. Yeah. Were you the thimble? I think I was the little dog. Oh. I think I liked the little dog. My dog is my mother, so I never... Mm, I understand. <laughs> they, they need a God piece, but I think people would complain. The God piece is it's just empty space. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, wow. Interesting. Very interesting. Uh, and then... Oh, sorry. I, I really do think we touched on something there with the idea it's like... How we view the divine has so much to do with our parents. And, and just reality has so much to do with our parents. Mm-hmm. And you, it's interesting that you're experimenting with mushrooms and you want to do ayahuasca because that is like, 
the it's a it's a real leap of faith. Both of those things are leaps of faith into something else and into our unconscious and into our psyche. And you had this such an, an irregular yeah. upbringing. I but think it's, it's it means that it sounds like maybe you've done some healing. I think so for sure. I mean, therapy, all the things. But I think like my girlfriend and I, it's it's been over two years now, and like we. There definitely felt a shift of us really learning about each other's parents mm. and how they raised us. Usually, the the sadder things we'll get to the positives eventually. But but I I feel like it's a, a new level of closeness. Yeah, that that we're both in our thirties, and there's just like something about the things I've learned about her parents and the things I've been able to tell her about mine that really is like. Are they similar? Uh, uh similar. Just her her mom and my dad. There were just some tough times. Yeah. I don't I want to speak too much for, for no, her mom, but, but but a degree of like anxiety. Yeah. Anxiety, uh uh, uh yelling, um, and and it's we're very similar. We're you know, some relationships I think it's very opposite, but we're very similar and we mm. both understand each other's anxiety. Mm. And just learning about each other's parents, as you get older, you're like, fuck, it means so much. Your parents mean so much to who you are, mm. and it's it's frustrating. Yeah, but you, it's interesting. Val and I, when we were dating, we uncovered all of these like shared things, and really, what we're talking about is shared experiences of certain types of anxiety. I think, yeah, shared anxiety or a familiarity with the things that make you anxious can really become a powerful alliance. Yeah, because. If I know what makes you anxious, I have a pretty good guess on what makes you comfortable. Sure, you know what I mean. It's it'd be the opposite, and that it's almost like anxiety is like a a tribe or a religion or or a, an ethnicity that you could share with somebody, and you have an allowance for it. Like some people, yes. some people, I don't. overwhelm some people for sure. Yeah, for sure, I overwhelm some people. Yeah, I'm I'm like a, a filming a, a a set tomorrow for Don't Tell. And if I'm filming something the week before, <laughs> I'm tough to be around. Mm. And I'm doing a lot of like, hey, would it make sense if I change these two words? And they're like, buddy, I don't, I don't know what the difference is. But I am there for her when she's feeling that. Yeah, and she's right. there for me, and there's an understanding. That's Val and I. You need to have a shorthand. It sounds like a great earmark of a relationship because I, I, I believe very firmly in Val and I's relationship. And you need to be able to be like, I'm having this thing. And if they understand that thing, mm -hmm. I just say, Val and I have been long, together long enough. I was like, I just was in Toronto two days ago. We were shooting something. And, and I, I just told her something that I said. And I was like, was that okay? And I just go, I'll just go like, I just, I know it's okay. I knew it was okay. Yeah. And I went, I just want you to tell me it's okay. Like, we'll just cut to it. Yes. I'll go like, I just need you to hear me and tell me it's okay. And she goes, that's totally okay. And I'm like, thank you. Yeah. That's, that's anxiety. Yeah, I go like there's just too much bubbles back to hot tubs. There's too much bubbles on the hot tub. That means you got to put uh, chlorine in it. Just put a scoop of chlorine mm -hmm. in my anxiety tub, and that's what we do for each other. Or Val goes like I'm having this feeling. I go, you're okay. It's okay. We're okay. Yeah, I think I always get my, my girlfriend sends me like relationship TikToks, and one was I'm like when you're in a fight or not a fight if they're feeling something, ask do you want like. Me to be uh, uh, solution a oriented or, or just what is it? A fix it or a feel. A fix it or a feel it. Yeah. And like, I I often am because I'm like I want I want both. I want yeah. you to fix it and feel it and make yeah, it right yeah. and be not pandering to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. my mom is like that prescriptive. 
My mom's very prescriptive. Nice. There is just no, but my therapist is always like, I don't want to be prescriptive here because she doesn't want to, but then she does it anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but, uh, my mom, if I was feeling sad, I went through a a bad breakup after college and my mom, her solution was just like, well, how can you stop being sad? And I was like, that's, that's not happening by the end of this phone call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so drop it. But she, that's her being loving. That's her, her parents. Right. They didn't feel. What's interesting is, yeah, Val is a feel it, and I am actually pretty hard fix it. And it, it's hard for me to be a feel it all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at the, I'm obsessed with Byron Katie, and there are all these things to like back things up. Like, I'm upset because this happened, and you go, but is that true? Like, my father is didn't care. Okay, we could do it with my story. My dad doesn't respect me because he came to the show that I told him not to come to. Yes. Is that true? And I just go like, it's not true. And that is actually how you love me, is, is like, let's fix it. Yeah. I don't necessarily need too much of like, that was really hard. I do need some of it. Yeah. And I get that from Val. But to, if I were to choose between the two, I like when someone goes like, so what did you think that meant that your dad came? Or could it mean that he loves you so much he wanted to see you or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. instead of all these things we add to it? Yeah. So I can call bullshit on myself. Anyway, so I, I, I'm that way. But when people tend to tell me their problems, I really, I'm like a dog on a chain. I really want to run in with the technique. Yeah. But, and it's, I mean, but then there's sometimes we, we, we have that similar anxiety where the, the, when it gets bad is when both our anxieties like meet each other. Well, that's the same that, where like our hypochondria can meet each other sometimes where she'd be like, do you think this is something? I'm like, no, I think it's cancer. Like, it's just yeah, like, yeah. it is, it, we both can't, we, we, one of us needs to be, you know, I'm holding it together. Hand. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. There, it's like waves, right? And the best time is when you're like a, a strand of DNA, you yeah. know what I mean? And, and you're, but when you meet in the same, you're both low at the same time, it's not a strand of DNA. It's just a dip and you're both in it. Yeah. Val and I have language for that too. And we just go like, I think we're both, we say pain body. We go, we're both in our pain body right now, uh-huh. which means we're insane. Yeah. Uh, meaning overwhelmed. Uh-huh. I like saying insane because it just means you're, you're not in your right mind. You're, you're so overcome with your emotions that it's like the best play for us is to uh, eat. I, I don't mean like overeat. Maybe we need some food. Sure. Maybe we need some fresh air. Maybe we need some exercise. Maybe we need some sleep. Maybe we just need to watch uh, an episode of The Office and just like fucking cool out. Yeah. Sometimes the only thing you can do when you think every mole is cancer is just go like, maybe, you know that great thing where you go, I think we're being insane. Like if you get paranoid when you're stoned, like I think we're paranoid. That's my favorite thing about being a human is the ability to stop and choose again. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I think we've chosen the wrong voice in our head. Mm-hmm. Let's stop. That's why it's tough to be on the road is when sometimes you don't have that, you can't have that moment of let's watch something together. Let's eat something together. Oh, because you're talking about If, if the you're phone. distant and on the phone, it just, it, everything becomes so limited. Yeah. And it's either you address it over the phone or you take the space. And it can be tough. Yeah. I mean, you, you yeah. don't, I don't have to tell you, but it's yeah. like, <laughs> it's just tough. It is. It's tough. Just a, I don't. It's a tough. That's why life. I opt out. It's a tough life. When 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 I'm on the road, Val and I will will talk, but like it's not my favorite, and she knows. I think it's just a highly sensitive person thing. I, I'm not crazy about FaceTiming. I'm not crazy about I, talking on the I phone. I don't like FaceTime. It's always strange to me with some FaceTime. Like why? Why would we do this? I agree. I, I agree. It There's makes something... sense with kids. Kids go dada. It's super fun. Yeah. And, and Val and I will do it because it is sweet to see their face. But after a while. I'm just like, let's just talk when I get home. Let's talk when I get home. I agree. 
Yeah. I agree. You maybe think of that white lotus thing with the data. Remember where he sees the sun that's not his? Uh, uh, you In saw season the, one? No, season two. Season two. Remember he's flossing? And uh, uh, the, the the I don't know any of the fucking names the the, the, the bad guy the the the, 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 the Wall Street the, yeah the, shitty dude the cheating guy yeah but his wife had a kid with like her trainer did you ever catch that oh no she I had didn't. two kids and one of the kids she implied was not her husband's it was her trainer oh and there's a scene oh you got you got to watch Katie. this scene you knew this and there's a scene i'm where, embarrassed but i do want to say i'm very tired i didn't realize <laughs> it was scene, but he's flossing and you hear in the background like dad i get and she's calling for him uh you know come here come here and you see him flossing really hard and then he comes in and he like turns it on and goes hey buddy but he knows that's not his son and that's the price yes. he has to pay for being a cheater she he has a son that's not his and he knows and they will never speak of it it's that's very good she is so she is she is so powerful in that show what a great show what a great 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 show show. when it ended we had separation anxiety we were like what do we do now it was my every time we ended an episode because it was very much about like gender and like men and women yeah and after every episode it felt like my girl would be like so what do you have to say for yourself that's like, what was great about it. Yeah, some of the best fights. So, like the it, lesson from it was kind of like sometimes you gotta cheat a little. Sometimes you gotta have a little bit of a. You gotta fuck. Well, the- I think I hear you. I think it's saying because I just like I said I was in Toronto, and I came home and I just had a cast dinner, right? Uh-huh. And that was I'm not. It's not cheating. It's this like you need adventure. Yes. One of the reasons. So your your father was a cheater. I'm saying one of the reasons I feel like I will never cheat is because my life, one of, because that's fucked up, but also because our lives are novel. Like sometimes a dinner with other grownups when you've been ra- alone with the baby for four days prior is like this incredible white lotus style break in routine. Sure. And I said to Val, I was like, I, I hope you get, I, she, she was just on this trip. That's why I was watching Val. You need disruption. Mm-hmm. And you and some people do it with naughty, but you can also do it with nice. What am I, Santa Claus? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I'm just saying you need break up your sleep schedule, do something you you don't normally do. I think the the day in day out, same Monday as same Tuesday as same Wednesday as same Thursday. That's sure. where you you start having affairs and stuff. And Val and I were just talking about this. There's certain people in our lives where we're like, I was like. I, I joked to her. I was like, I don't think my parents ever cheated on each other, but I sort of hope they did. It would have been nice for them to enjoy something. Sure. You know I mean? It was just a joke. That's not really true. But like, you need to find disruption. That's more what I took from of course. what I noticed. I but hope. that's why cheating, it's like, I also think we we live in a society where there is this kind of hard line between like, you're either cheating or, or you get a massage. That's the closest you're going to get to like another person just to, just to connect with someone outside of it. Because in a way, I could see someone being like, I don't want you to get a massage. It doesn't feel, that's not I know crazy to think I know that. Saying. I'm getting a massage. Every time I get a massage, I'm like, it's, and it's not a happy ending massage, but I'm like, no, they it oil- feels right on the edge. They're of- oiling you up. They're oiling you up. They're, they're right up above they're, my ass. They're interested in your pleasure. It's very. It, I'm not saying it's sexual. I'm saying it's sensual, and, and not sensual sure. in the sexual way. But it's it's about your senses, and someone is considering your pleasure and yeah. has actually gone to school, sure. like to figure out what would feel the best for you. I got a happy ending massage in Amsterdam a long, long time ago. This and, guy, ninety nine percent of it's the same. It was just the. <laughs> it's the same. <laughs> 
it's all the same. But at the very end, they flip you. That's it. Oh my god! It's it's the same. It that's ready to go. Uh huh. Part A massage is too sensual. I understand why someone would say don't get one. B, you're already. And there's something looking back on it where again this was I was not in any kind of relationship, but there but there was a like oh. This doesn't feel like anything. It feels like I got a, an itch scratched. Yeah. I've always wondered if we live in a society where just hand jobs, just handies. Yeah. You could, you could go to the store and go, oh, I'm stressed. Yeah. I'm going to run in here real quick. Yeah. I just wonder if the world would be a better place. I think men especially just like there's so so many things men do that like if they just had an orgasm. I, I agree. Don't, I, I think there's less gunshot after an orgasm than before an orgasm. Well, buddy... I used to have a bit about that. I stopped doing it. I don't know why. Maybe it was too dirty or something. But I was like, I don't jerk off for me. I jerk off for you. Meaning mm. like everybody else. I like that. I was like, I like that a lot. Do you know how humiliating it is to be like, it's yeah, yeah. stupid. But if I don't, my bit was like, I'm I'm too horny. I'm too. You you just have more testosterone in your blood. Like sure. after you have an orgasm, you have less testosterone, so you're less that edge yeah. that's what i was thinking about this today let me I, i'm not even going to do it as a premise it was just a thought i had driving in today i was like i agree you know how they say women are as horny as men like that that's like a new thing i meaning yeah, yeah, we, yeah. Didn't, we weren't saying that in the 90s sure we were like dudes are horny and women kind of like are sort of horny like yeah, that was yeah, as yeah. good as we got in the 90s <laughs> i will concede this is i'm not even fully serious i just want to unpack this with you women do get horny Mm-hmm. But because they have typically, I'm talking very gender normatively, less testosterone, that horniness is just completely different. Look at uh, lady di- directed pornography. It's mm-hmm. like, it's just different. It's, it's softer. Because testosterone, the thing that makes boys, again, gender normally more boyish, gets mixed up in the horniness and it's a completely different thing. Of course. So I'll give you, you guys might be as horny as us, but you don't have the nitro in the tank that goes, ah, like yeah. that's what we're talking about. Yeah. I know you might want sex, but we want sex like, and it's mixed up in this like Conan the Barbarian sort of rah, like feeling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the, that's, I feel like, the, by the way, as I'm saying this, I just want everyone to know I am joking and I, I can't call it. How could I ever speak for another gender? Or, or or any other group for that matter. Uh, the tweets on this account do not represent. <laughs> I feel like I feel, I feel like a woman could see uh, two people fully clothed and it'd be so hot. And it's like a man. I'm like, take it off. Yeah, take off the clothes. That's what not I, enough. Yeah, that's right. And that's, what a babyerino. Let's get to the what a babyerino. <laughs> Let's get to the what a babyerino moment. <laughs> but I hate to be this like it's like king of queens level like relationship norms. Val is when we like everyone. Every once in a while, we'll do it Val's way. And it's all about like, keep the clothes on a lot longer and Uh and more smooching. That's very classic. It's hard to do. I've tried to do a bit where the degree where like, you know, comedians would say women be shopping and we know that's sexist. Yeah. But now that my girlfriend's moved in with me, sometimes I'm like, they really do be. Like, (laughs) she really do be shopping. And I don't know how to talk about it because it's, there's definitely some truth here. Right. That I, what am I supposed to pretend? And when we, and Val and I have sex, I'm like, let's get naked immediately. I tried to do a bit. I was like, it's about boners. It's like, I, the boner is here. Uh Let's use it. And, And women are like, keep it in the pants. And I'm like, what if he goes away? Like it's almost from an insecure place. It's yeah. not from a secure place. Sure. I, I would go, the guest of honor is here. Uh-huh. Let's get him out. Uh-huh. And they're like, no, there's more smooching to be done. And I'm like, okay, but I might be grinding <laughs> on you with a floppy. 
It might be a floppy disk. I want a three point five, not a five point two five. Uh huh. I, I did you get that disc riff? I You're too I, young to get that disc riff. I, I had discs for like a three point five, and then the big floppy disk was a five point two. I remember the different size. I don't remember the inch inches. Yeah, what was it? I well, I know that's that point of being a, a my my dad said the other day. What did he? He was say? just something about like, you know, he always he dates he dates too young. <laughs> not not like not like uh, oh my god but but like come on man yeah and he just he, he said essentially like you know i just i i want to be really attractive because it's it's not always easy working downstairs <sighs> and of course he's he's an older he's an older man oh wait he wants them to be attractive yeah so for him he's like by the way his age he's not as attracted and 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 you know what i think what he, he can't said handle to me, the shame of it yeah yeah i think what i liked about what he said is that it wasn't i'm not saying it's it's all not good. But he, he wasn't saying just, I like him hot and, and titties bouncing. It was part of like, he's like, <laughs> for me, he's a legs guy. He's more of like a yeah, legs was, for days. I, <laughs> legs for days. Oh my God. Uh, uh, when did the leg become a calendar? Yeah, I've never been a leg. He, he would always just be like, look at her legs. And I'd be like, okay. <laughs> okay. Who is, uh, I'm with you. What are you Can do? I tell you uh, what Freud would say about that? What? The baby on the ground that didn't get picked up likes the legs. The baby that got picked up got a lot of attack. That's too Freudian attraction. even for me. I love Freud. Like that's, the boobs. That's Think about it. What, got, then what about the baby on the, the who likes the ass? Did the mom sit on them? It's the same What's thing. The, that was on the ground. Legs and ass are the same thing. Ass is just top of the leg. But why am I an ass guy and not a leg guy? Because you're like, you're like, let's just jump to the final chord of the song. Legs are like, da, 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 da. And then you're like, da, 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 is the booty. Did Freud say that too? Is that he true? said that. He said, da, 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 da. da, da, da. That was after his cocaine bitches, for sure. But if you got fed a lot and you were overloved, you're, you're probably into boobies. Sure. Okay. Uh, by the I, way, to bring some, uh, some uh, Jean-Marc skepticism, so, some I don't know if I buy it. I'm just telling you what I heard. Sure, sure. Uh but the way that he phrased it, it was not just, oh, they need to be hot. It was that I need them. I need them to be hot to, to, to do to the do thing it. I still want to do. Yeah. Um, there's a movie called Carnal Knowledge. It's the only movie that Art Garfunkel acts in. It's mm -hmm. Jack Nicholson, Art Garfunkel. The whole point of the movie is what you just said. It's about like the inability to get erections, how uh, emasculating shame inducing all the stuff it is for men and then they're like and they date Anne margaret and jack nicholson goes when i saw her i knew that would never happen again uh -huh. and it's just it's just a movie about how scared men are and that's what my bit was trying to be i sure. was trying to say it's not because i'm a jerk that i want to get to it it's because i'm a i'm a scared i'm a scared little boy and i went the first the first person i lost my virginity to I went through a phase of not being able to anxiety. Yeah, of course, and overthinking. It's overthinking. just the overthinking. I, 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 you know, it was going too boy. quick, and then I felt like a, you know, a disappointment, yeah. and I was like, oh my, god. it yes. all. And I, I was too young. I didn't know. Go yes. talk this out. Yes. I mean, I went. Ugh, it was, but I had to go to my stepdad. I went to my stepdad. That's how bad it was. Like I needed help because she was gonna leave me. I think yeah. at the time. Yeah. So I, I was reaching out to everyone. So I had to have like a conversation with my dad for advice. Then my stepdad. My stepdad, he, he took out a magazine with like a car with a hot woman on it. And so I said to him, like, you know, I'm having trouble getting it up or whatever. And he takes out this magazine. This is how repressed. He goes like, some men need to look at this, you know, look at women like this to get hard. And that's no problem. But, you know, I have your mother. 
And and I don't think he meant it. I don't think he meant to like fuck me up forever. I don't think he meant he wasn't he wasn't like going like remember I fuck your mom. He was like trying. I have your mother. Something. It was so, something like that. Like I have your mom. But he meant I don't. He I don't meant know what it the as fuck. a good thing. I yeah, kind of. I think he meant like you need to find you what your mom is to me. You need to find for yourself. You know, find someone yeah, as fuckable as your generous. mom. That's generous. That's <laughs> generous. The way I get hard for your mom, go find somebody that's like your mom, but not your mom that gets you as hard as your mom makes me. He was saying, because he was in, he even in the wanting to help me, he was trying to like be like, but I don't have a problem. Yeah, of course. But I'm like, but you're talking to the son of the woman you've where so was you don't the need advi- to say it like this. Where was the advice in that, by the way? <laughs> I don't know. Where was the I don't help? Know. There was no help there. I'm like, it's getting worse. I will. It's funny because intimacy, like being able to talk. I, I, I used to have a bit, oh, it's in a Batman video. I go, sometimes the sexiest thing a woman can do is forgive. <laughs> that was the, because oftentimes that would happen and she'd be like, it's okay. And then I'd be like, well, now I trust you. It's yes. very, I thought you would relate to that. That's, I think, when I, the beginning of comedy, like my first stand-up bits were about like that era. And it's because I had a, a, one day, I couldn't get it up and I had a like breakdown. And I started sobbing. I'd never sobbed like that before. I woke up sobbing. Like it was, oh, wow. it, it, and I think it was because it was that moment where maybe some men have it later in life. And this is why they go all these things where I was like, my body doesn't do what I want it to do. This person says they love me. But if I can't give them this, they are going, that love it it doesn't away. mean anything. Right. It is, it is predicated. And yeah. in that moment with the anxiety, I go, no one will ever love me yeah. because I can't provide this thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I truly think like it's, it was that break because that's all I talked about in the comedy in the beginning. It was all just like, you know, it was that moment talking about that, that relationship. Yeah. And I think some men, maybe they, they glide past that or they don't. And then at 50, it happens to them. And they go right, like, right. if I can't fuck. Interesting. I, and I do think that's why stand-up, there's, there's something about the achieving of stand-up that kind of salves this. To, mm-hmm. to me, it, it feels the similar kind of worth uh, shot. It's a shot of worth that has nothing to do with my body. I enjoy that. I size feel more, I, I do a bit where my girlfriend says, you know, I don't want you to cheat on me. And I'm like, that's fine, but I don't want you laughing at other men. Because it's like it's the same. It's, yeah. it's the it's same. Similar, yeah. You know, you can fuck them. That's not. Let's well, my... go back to massages. That's why hecklers tend to be men because it's like you're making not always. Sure, not always. But you're making my date. You're, you're titillating my date. Like, yes. what are you doing? Yes. Yeah. It's not always. That's that's more like a nineties. I thing. said a heart once. I was on stage. I saw a couple, and this woman said, "Like, I drove three hours, and they were on like their second date." And I said something like, "How does it?" Fe-? I said to the guy, "How does it feel to meet the man that she actually wants to sleep with?" Wow. And I was just fucking around. Yeah. For the moment I said yeah. it, I was like, "I think that came from too somewhere close. too deep, too close." I think that came from somewhere. Something that I'm getting from this. Yeah, but it's your job to take risks. Yes. Good for you. They they they, they laughed. He didn't yeah. hit me, but good. But uh, yeah. Where are we at, at time? I mean, like, what time oh, is it? Okay, I think we have to go just because my lovely neighbor yeah. postponed their their housework so we could do this podcast. That's Isn't that nice? nice? That's very I didn't nice. think it was going to work. I was like, I have a podcast. She was like, we'll stop till three. So very nice. That's Thank the first you. time your neighbors found out you have a podcast. Yeah, she, I don't think she knew. Oh, here we are. That's nice. So, can you tell me the time you've laughed the hardest in your life? It's weird. We we got this like second wind. I feel like we could go another hour easily. It's been very lovely, but um. A second wind meaning like we had like such a initial charge and then we got another one and that never happened. I so didn't it was take great it personally. Whole, yeah, I it didn't go great. like, what's the dip? Where was the dip? Can we cut out the dip. Where was the dip? Dollar store Mulaney. 
<laughs> can you tell me the time you laughed the hardest in your life? Mm. Sure. Um, I I feel like I I I don't. I don't know what the moment is that, because uh, it wasn't a specific moment, but my my oldest sister, she's my half-sister, but we used to have moments as kids. She's exactly four years younger. Um, we have the same birthday. And we would have moments where we would just start laughing and it we would just like start laughing with each other. And I think it's because we were in an unhappy household yes uh, her her father and our mom yes and there was some kind of tension release of like we are prisoners in this this emotionally fucked up pairing this is looking back at the time we would just laugh yeah and 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 i uh. i think we'll always have this connection of until I, I had two other siblings born on that side but there was just a time where we we were the first. She was the first of her parents. I was the first of my parents. Yeah. And we had something of like, we are in a fucked up place. Yes. And we would just laugh and laugh. And I, we, we haven't had Beautiful. it. But I, I, I just remember that feeling. Mm. Um, and I always, because she has full siblings. Mm. And I think there's always a part of me that goes, I don't know how they view me. And I don't have any full siblings. So I don't know what that would be different from what we have. I was a visitor. I would be at that house and then I would go to my dad's mm. and they would have to they would have to bear the brunt of that for their their whole and the good. Yeah. And uh I think despite being sometimes unsure or am I a good enough brother to them, how do they view me? I know that my oldest sister and I we shared something before the others were born where we were just the only two children in the house. Mm. And and we'll always have... Those laughs. Those laughs. Those are like sacred laughs or something, and necessary laughs. Yeah. That you really, like, like carried you through. Lifeblood laughs. Yeah. I love that answer. We've had a lot of, like, funny stories, but that is, like, such a great... I know exactly what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. It was a beautiful answer. Yeah. Well, I really feel like we could talk for three. Like I, I haven't had one in a while where that's not to put down the other guests. What am I? Why am I over apologizing? <laughs> I'm just saying, hey, mama. this is well, <laughs> this is the one where I'm like, I could easily talk to you for two more that's hours and love it. So please check out your podcast. What's it called again? The downside. The downside, and check out your special. Uh, there's a, a special called Shelf Life on Amazon. And uh, and I'll have a don't tell set coming out soon that I'm I'm Great. proud of. I love that. Well, thank you very much. Would you say keep it crispy? You can say it as Jean Marco, and then say it as Dollar Store Mulaney. You have to of do course, both. Of course, of course. <laughs> uh, oh, and then a Jeff Goldblum. Yes, I, I know it. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, keep it crispy. Uh, Was that you? Yeah. Oh, if you're like fuck, <laughs> god damn it, keep it crispy. <laughs> very good. And then uh. Mmm, keep it crispy. <laughs> I didn't tell you my story. <laughs> yes. Real quick. Yes. Backstage, Largo, me, Nick Kroll, Jeff Goldblum, we played Five Degrees of Jeff Goldblum with Jeff Goldblum. Like Kevin Bacon, but with him. Yeah, and it's and even the, less with Jeff. He's been around. And Five. He, and he was going... <laughs> oh, maybe it was six. But he would go like... <laughs> and, and someone would go like, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, and uh, was in uh, Jurassic Park with uh, Jeff Goldblum. He pointed to himself. <laughs> Like, I tell you, when he gets mad, something happens. Yeah. Something happens. Nobody wants to see. You made Jeff Goldblum very angry. <laughs> uh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, no, no, no. Um, <laughs> thanks, pal. Thank you. Wonderful.